0: Lights, camera, action.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitball in Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner and TK joins us this evening too. The match we'll be getting into this week is 1972's The Godfather versus 2005's The Business. Um, Keenan, I'm not sure TK was completely sure about coming on this evening, but I uh, made him an offer he couldn't refuse. I hate you
0: sometimes. <laughs> Oh, I really do. Just The thing was, I, I knew if I didn't come on and he asked me, I'd make him look ridiculous. And a man in his position cannot be made to look ridiculous. <laughs> no, I hate you. I hate you
1: as well. <laughs> what you can't see is Keenan sat there eating some cannolis.
0: I've never tried
2: a cannoli. It sounds like it they would They look
1: good though, don't they?
2: It sounds like it would be mint. Is it not just ice cream and pastry?
1: Well, You get them filled with... Uh... Like meat and that as well, which I imagine in some of these circumstances they are, but yeah, if you were ordering, you'd probably get some ice cream.
2: No, I'd like us, I'm more of a savory man.
1: Well, there we go. Um, next movie Madness in person, uh, you supply the cannolis.
0: You'd mm. never be more sure you're about to get whacked off.
1: Yeah,
0: around <laughs> cannolis, what you're looking around you.
1: That's one of my um, favorite things with uh, Donny Brasco when we did that is just. The impending doom of any time you're invited to anything nice, you just have the assumption (laughs) that either you or someone you know is about to get clipped. (laughs) Uh, Something we started last week uh, following on from the uh, Monday podcasts, News of the Week is back this week after a mildly successful start last week, Mm Keenan. First headline of the week, Bill Murray explains that he passed up the role of Batman in the 80s because his good friend Eddie Murphy wanted it, ended up neither of them get the role.
2: Oh, I'm just gonna throw this out there. In what world? Did, what world did Eddie Murphy think they were gonna cast a black Batman in the 80s?
0: That would have been very progressive, wouldn't it?
2: <laughs> like, good, good for him. And I, 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 that film with Nicholson and Eddie Murphy would, <laughs> it wouldn't have started the superhero craze as we know it but fuck me, what a what a ridiculously funny film that would be. Um, <laughs> but on a serious note, in what universe did Eddie Murphy think that they were going to cast a black Batman?
1: Are you gutted that you didn't get a Bill Murray Batman?
2: Not as gutted, not as, gutted as I am that I didn't get an Eddie Murphy
1: Batman, no.
2: love <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'd, to seen, I'd love to have seen 80s Eddie as Batman, opposite Jack Nicholson as the Joker, just stop for four or four seconds... Think about how good that actually would have been. I
1: guess we'll never know. Um, John Cena is starring alongside Wiley Coyote in a new Looney Tunes movie, written by Guardians of the Galaxy and The Suicide Squad director James Gunn.
2: Why? Why is that necessary? Did anyone
0: ask for that?
1: Well, they. I mean. Cena and Gunn have clearly got a relationship now because they've done the Suicide Squad and then they've branched off and done the Peacemaker series. But from just the IMDB, I think it's another one where they're leaning into this kind of multiverse thing that we did last week, Keenan, where it's called um Coyote vs Acme, I think, like the creators of Looney Tunes, and it's set in an abandoned warehouse. And so I imagine those two are the leading people there and then anything in their catalogue, they're going to be able to throw at the two of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say no. I'll probably give that one a mess.
1: I'm sure I'll uh, give it a go. Um, Will Ferrell appeared at an NBA game this week as semi-pro movie character Jackie Moon, and he uh, warmed up with Clay Thompson. Jackie Moon. I adore semi-pro.
2: I know like three people who like it. I know, like, I know three people who have seen it. Sorry. like No one has ever seen it and it's just so, so good. Do you seen it, TK? No, no,
1: I've not. See? I think oh, it's on no, Netflix still.
2: No one has watched this
1: film. I've seen <laughs> and it. We've no, spoken about it on air before.
2: No joke. I reckon I've seen it maybe 15 times. It's <laughs> like... I don't know how it just got slept on. Like, how it's forgotten. It's right around... It's right around the talent... It's right around the Will Ferrell like, top of... like, peak.
1: But it's just so good. It was listening Blades of Glory that I think hit streaming services like right around the same time and people must have just thought do I want Will Ferrell playing basketball or on ice skates and gone for the latter
2: it's so much better than Blades of Glory and I like Blades of Glory it's
1: not quoted in uh, well I can't name the song (laughs) in Paris Um, maybe that's gone against it it's
2: it's got who wants to love me sexy in it
1: that's the name of,
2: of Jackie Jack Min's hits record. It's a phenomenal film.
1: I'm not that's sure um, why he was wheeled back. I mean, the Lakers, uh, not the Lakers, sorry, the Warriors. Uh, maybe they needed the crowd pop. I'm not too sure. Maybe he's getting ready to make a second. Maybe. Um, Robert Pattinson says that his Batman was inspired by the Godfathers' Michael Corleone. Oh, I've
2: not seen um I've not seen Batman, so it means nothing to me. I,
1: I can I can see what what they're getting at. Okay, cool. You said you really enjoyed it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, very quick. Um, like I think we left the cinema, and either Goff or Alex like immediately was like, "Did you think that was better than The Dark Knight?" I was like, well, I need a minute to like digest this, so we're not going like emotional with it." Um, immediately put Zoe Kravitz over on Hathaway, which Keen and you may be disgusted with. So I know your thoughts on. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises, but yeah, well worth the watch. Well Apparently, worth the three-hour runtime.
2: I'm hearing, I'm hearing reports that Paul Dano's Riddler might be a better villain than Heath Ledger's
1: Heath Leather's Joker. Um, they're, they 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 give more time to uh Heath Ledger's Joker, um, the Riddler in this, uh, as much as he has a significant amount of screen time, he's he's almost doing the uh latter-year Urzel, where you're saying, you know, it's the things that you don't see that uh, are really chipping into what this guy does. So, he he is great. I heard he's a better um,
0: Riddler than Jim Carrey. Yeah, it makes a mockery
1: of of that uh, representation of the Riddler. But yeah, Um, I think I read that, I don't know, neither of you have seen it, but they were, they were going to cut it down at first and they had a cut that they showed to fans that was like two hours long and then they showed the three-hour cut and the difference in audience reaction was just like insanely different. So yeah, they went with a three-hour one. They had the evidence there that people would rather sit for a three-hour film if, if it's just, a good three-hour film.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, if it's done right, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, there are obviously limits to it, but if it's done right, then yeah, I, I get it. Like,
1: uh goes I with what? We talk about on air a lot but it, it doesn't feel like a three-hour film
2: well we'll get to it later on but it's been it, it's been a while or it had been a while sorry until i just since i watched the Godfather. yeah like long time long like quite a long time i sat down and watched it tuesday night mm. um after live after live played the first two hours mate bang just gone
1: because yeah, you text me and i said this is a bit late for you to sticking on the godfather in it because i know you like an early yeah, night
2: i do like an early night mate I so, um i'm old leave me be um but i um put it on about 10 ish well whenever i text you
1: yeah
2: Stop watching about t- 10 i paused it about 12 ish and i was like oh, i'll see how much this i'm gonna watch about four four like i didn't look at i hadn't looked at the time as i paused it but it came up and said oh like one hour fifty nine gone. I was like, fuck, where is that time gone?
3: Yeah.
2: Like just like just just back engrossed in it. Like from from the minute go really.
1: Um, um something I was gonna get both your opinions on. So um AMC theatres in America and they have some theatres in Europe as well and they do the same thing there. They charged higher ticket prices for the Batman as they called it a premium release. Um, and it's believed that this trend is going to continue for all high-profile movies moving forward as they look to recoup Why? some of the funds they lost out during the pandemic. Do you but think that's not. fair?
2: No, it's not. No, if anything, you're going to turn people away.
1: Like, they are not prices now, anyway.
2: This is what I was going to say. You get the it that you're going to the cinema anyway. Mm. That To, to then, oh it's, oh, it's a film that quite a few people want to see, so we're going to charge you more for it. I, I think you run the risk of turning people away.
1: Although yep. I do, it is expensive anyway, but I do begrudge when people are like, it's expensive enough to go to the cinema anyway. And then you buy a large Coke, a large popcorn, and a hot dog, and it's like 25 quid and it's like, I can see where you could cut out about that tenner here, <laughs> minimum.
0: The other, I mean, the only the
2: only possible or the only sort of one of the only pos- possible positives from it is if you charge something as premium and it's X. You might encourage people because oh, this one's not as expensive to go and watch possibly films that, that they may that um so they want to go to a cinema, but you're not too fussed on
1: going to see this, but because it costs less than yeah. what if you? I it's hate it's, it's about two dollar difference, I believe. And yeah. these, these same cinemas, um, when I looked it up, they actually charge more for better seats in there as well. So you have to pay more if you want a good seat in the cinema as well. That's <laughs> fucking out.
2: that's fucking scandalous. I'd never go yeah. again, to be honest.
1: Um, final headline for the week um, Indiana Jones 5 is going to include time travel <laughs> so, <laughs> so when oh. you've milked the franchise completely dry uh, this is where you turn
2: Harrison Ford is
1: 80 years old 80 years
0: old <laughs> leave this man be basically well,
1: it's going the future around the fact that he doesn't really get any credit for any of his uh, fines in the previous film and how can you not credit someone with discovering time travel is the <laughs> quote from the interview I saw.
2: My God. What on fuck? Like
1: just I sent it to Jack and even he wasn't enthused, but admittedly he has had a bad day. <laughs> just fuck off. Anyway. I can't
3: say
2: I
1: can't say any more than that. No. Well, on that note, we'll move on to the godfather.
4: Well, when Johnny was first starting out, he was signed to this personal service contract with a big band leader. And as his career got better and better, he wanted to get out of it. Now, Johnny is my father's godson. And my father went to see this band leader. And they offered him $10,000 to let Johnny go. But the band leader said no. So the next day my father went to see him, only this time with Luca Brazzi.
3: And within an hour,
4: he signed a release for a certified check of $1,000. How'd he do that? My father made him an offer he couldn't refuse. What was that? Luca Brazzi held a gun to his head, and my father assured him that either his brains or his signature would be on the contract. It's a
2: true story. That's
4: my family, Katie. It's not me.
1: The ageing patriarch of an organised crime dynasty in post-war New York City transfers control of his clandestine empire to his reluctant youngest son. Keenan, same question I always ask you. What do you think the critics are going to think of this? I mean, Do you want me to give you an answer? Well, it may be different to what you think. I would be surprised if it's different to what I think. Okay, so the majority are positive a lot of the high profile ones like um the names you always see pop up like uh siskel and Ebert and all of these they were actually quite critical of marlon brando in this if you can believe that um but i'll run you through i didn't take their their uh, reviews the Godfather is the most memorable, most influential, most quoted, most beloved, most discussed, most imitated, most revered, and most entertaining American movie ever made.
2: That's a, not a review from 1972,
1: obviously. No. <laughs> um, well, it's the 50 it. the year anniversary, old. isn't it? So yeah. uh, uh, They went early. Yeah. Uh, the Godfather justifies every minute of its extravagant running time. Very true. It is a gangster film without any of the pity and hatred we might feel towards such aliens in our midst, because it recognises that in all of us, there is the ignition towards power and criminality. What have you got up your sleeve, Keenan? Not a lot, mate. (laughs) No power, no criminality in the pipeline? None of it. If uh, you tune in next week and Keenan's hosting the Monday podcast while the police something has happened to me (laughs) The Godfather is an absorbing intriguing film for anyone who can stomach the violence that churns through nearly all of its three hours on screen
0: (laughs) now that you've said that I've got an image of a fillet of fish being sent in a wrapped up newspaper (laughs) byron sleeps (laughs) with the fishes (laughs) what's this (laughs) tartar (laughs) sauce. Are you going to eat it then? Come on, don't waste
1: it. I I do love me some tartar sauce. I work as well, actually. Uh, Keenan wants to say, Luca Byron swims with the fishes. (laughs) A review I did take from 1972, and I can name the guy, Stanley Kaufman of the New Republic. He wrote of the film claiming that Pacino rattles around in a part that is far too demanding for him
0: oh god
1: so how is that for one to be able to read for hindsight yeah
2: that's a bad take
0: (laughs) (laughs) i feel comforted that we will never have a take worse (laughs) that's one of the worst to be honest
1: Yeah, I read it uh, earlier, and a lot of the critique of Brando is, um, what well, we'll get into, but it's ma- it's mainly about his voice. Um, but yeah, the rest of it, to say the part's too big for Pacino, very bold. Little did they you know they had two more films of him to uh, sit through. Um, Once again, I've kind of broken down the trivia so we can get everything covered. And I think a good place to start is uh, just the kind of the making of of the movie, some of the themes you see running through it, how they got to this point um, so right from the get-go there was friction between uh, Coppola and can I just check with your review if I'm pronouncing that correctly because I'm going to have a whole podcast otherwise, is it Coppola Coppola?
2: I thought it was Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola okay, we'll I
0: think that. English people say Coppola um, a lot of Americans sometimes say Coppola so
1: it's, I won't I go with that no Uh, There was friction between the director and Paramount Pictures, um, to the point where the studio frequently tried to have him replaced. But he had such a respect kind of uh, with his peers that no one was willing to touch it. Um, Sergio Leone was actually approached first to direct the film, but he turned it down, saying that he felt the story glorified the mafia too much and wasn't interesting enough. Um, he has later said that he regretted refusing the offer and so put all of his energy into directing a gangster film of his own which turned out to be Once Upon a Time in America all's well that ends well <laughs> but the a lot of the critique they had towards him Coppola, they cited his inability to stay on schedule they said he had a knack for unnecessary expenses um, they said they didn't trust his production or his, and he'd made various errors with the casting, so they were casting as versions from the start. And he actually completed the film ahead of schedule and under budget. And made well, possibly the great, well, possibly one of the, <laughs> yeah. the greatest
2: films ever. So, I mean, yeah, he has a lot of problems in later years where they they sort of are bang on the money. But. I was about
0: to say like there there uh, it's not unfounded that. No. About it. No, no, not at all
1: um one of the criticisms of the godfather and i do think this improves like we're able to watch it now in like blu-ray quality which still amazes me that they can do this with um films from this long ago but the cinematographer went in to the film with the nickname the prince of darkness which again <laughs> leads you to believe maybe if that was your issue don't get that guy on set yep um but Paramount executives initially thought that the footage was too dark until they were persuaded by the cinematographer himself and Coppola that it was to emphasise the shadiness of the Corleone's family's dealings. That's um, such a cop-out. I said, he'd like if you'd done media <laughs> studies, you'd have been pulling your air out with some of the things you'd hear.
2: No, oh, I hate it, mate. It's, fucking just, it's just an incredibly pretentious subject.
1: The thing, though, is... Like, I, wonder, I know, what I understand accident, you got it. It's clearly not an accident, though. Like, you don't do that many shots in the darkness if it's just that you're not realising it's in the dark. Like, there's clearly a reason for it. Yeah. Because some of the scenes at the wedding were actually filmed in the evening, and they just had to get a giant lighting rig to be able to film it properly. So it's not like they didn't have the equipment available.
0: That seems an odd choice. <laughs> that, that room they're in is dark enough. You don't need... Right, we'll do this at night time as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the outside scenes were filmed at night. How
0: were they filmed at night?
1: They had filmed. They had to get that a giant incredible. lighting rig.
0: That sounds mad.
1: And if you were worried about the budget, I could maybe see why as a production company you would be saying, can you not wait a few hours? Can you not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we had all day to do this? Could you not have...
1: Um, but one of the things that... Great
0: gig being an extra at that wedding, by the way.
1: Yeah, phenomenal. Well, one of the things that the director credits in terms of how everyone was able to feel like a family is he would essentially get catering in and put on these massive family meals but tell them they couldn't eat unless they all stayed in character for the duration of the meal. And he said just doing things like that with them conversating and, well, I guess, just being in character for half an hour, 45 minutes, or even an hour of them eating meant that when it came to having improvisation later in the film, it just felt completely natural because they'd done it with each other for that long.
3: Fair.
1: And I guess uh, if you're getting some good food, maybe some cannolis, Keenan as a reward. (laughs) in characters, not too much to ask.
2: No, exactly.
0: Exactly, mate. Um, not easier to do at a wedding like this as well than an English wedding. Yeah. Staying characters, wow. You're going to have to give me 10 points first. <laughs>
1: well, we've spoken about the runtime. The initial director's cut that he submitted was two hours and six minutes long. The uh, production chief at Paramount, Robert Evans, he rejected it and demanded a longer cut with more scenes of the family. So that's why they came back with an extra 50 minutes.
0: Nice. That's, that's a good
1: choice. Yeah, so rather than being asked to uh, cut it down, they got quite the opposite.
0: Yeah.
1: Fair. Now, there's a lot of myths about what went on in the set of this film. We won't go into all of them. I mean, I scrambled through over 500 pieces of trivia just to get what we've got here. Um, Mario Puzo, when he was putting the uh, book together, he was accused continuously saying that the character of Johnny Fontaine was based on Frank Sinatra. <laughs> um, it was assumed by everyone that read it that it was, and Sinatra was very, very angry. Yes,
0: yeah, um, I know about this but <laughs> Yeah, when he met
1: Fuso in a restaurant, he say they say he screamed vulgar terms at him and threatened him, and uh, Sinatra was strongly opposed to the film. So due to the backlash... The role of Fontaine is cut so much that you only get a couple of scenes with him in because they just couldn't risk upsetting one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah, fair enough. They didn't want he him does speaking make him look, against the a film anymore. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the problem about basing it on Sinatra is that he does if if you're anywhere bang on the money, he probably does have some of these connections that you're worried about. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know I mean? But, there's but actually I whole career trying to be like, I'm not in the mob. And then oh hang on here's this guy who's definitely
1: in the mob <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um i was just saying to tika actually before we came on keenan um i haven't got the full thing down because we'd have been here all night with uh, kind of the full story but there was re- repeated threats from the mafia while they were filming this and they were telling them what they could and couldn't film they were saying they were going to shut down the production and they were telling them they couldn't even use terms like La Cosa Nostra. Um, they were telling them that just certain practices they couldn't represent on screen. And they were going to have a real problem if they did to continue this. Uh, they signed an agreement um, as to what they could not couldn't say. And they actually agreed. Now, there was some kind of foundation within the mafia that was set up. And I'm not sure who you're sending your FAQs to, but there's someone who they allow to see a cut of the film and kind of approve things before it went through. And this was signed. So this was like an official thing they put together. Um, Send it to it, HR. Well, they told the production company about it and they were quite rightly disgusted, saying, like, you make the film you want to make, you don't have to sign it off with someone else that isn't us. Uh, Coppola rightly told them, it might be in our best interest to, to have this agreement. <laughs> very, um, very true. Yeah. It's not you, they, that they're threatening it. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they do get it put through and uh, a lot of the people in the mob say they came out of the cinema, I think it was, what's his name, that uh, Sammy the Bull that's in like every YouTube clip you've ever seen now. Um, I mean, if there's a thing about not talking, this guy um, is quite the opposite. He describes it as he came out of the cinema feeling like he was floating because they couldn't Tim- believe Sammy how the- things were represented.
2: Sammy the Bull Gravano? Yeah. Well, I mean, he sort of broke the not talking thing when he testified
1: yeah what well, i mean but now he's doing, he's doing things like uh watching scenes of the sopranos and saying look this is how accurate this was this is how accurate this was bad gig no. yeah i mean he's got to make his money somehow. so he, he came out of this and uh he said he, he couldn't believe how accurate it was and he said actually some of the heads of the families previously would Almost talk as if they were quite illiterate, like it would almost be a sign of weakness, kind of showing that you're educated in these kind of settings. Mm. And he says the meetings afterwards were just completely changed, where everyone was trying to come out with the correct vernacular, everyone was trying to sound like uh, they are really intelligent moving forward, just because of the influence that the film had. Oh. Mm. Something I didn't expect to read. There was what was described as a mooning pandemic on the set. <laughs> yeah. See, there was so much tension throughout that James Caan and uh, Robert Duvall started it and it spread to the point that Brando, while in character, mooned 400 people while filming the wedding. Um, (laughs) He was given a heavyweight belt afterwards and crowned the moon champion.
0: (laughs) It's so good that whilst they're making this unbelievable film, (laughs) they're just fucking around like that. I get mooned by Marlon Brando.
1: What? even with Brando, they say the point they realized that this had caught on was when Pacino did it, because of how serious he was constantly. So they say like when he snapped and he was getting involved, they were, this has gone, this has gone too far. Mm, fair. Something where you just said about kind of the runtime and how things went. According to the uh, Coppola Restoration DVD set, they say the film was originally planned with an intermission due to the length of the film, and they didn't think people would be happy to sit through a three-hour film. Yeah. Uh, the intermission would have happened immediately after Michael murders Sollozzo and McCluskey, which explains why you get that kind of uh, operatic, like, instrumental at the end. Yeah. And then the next scene after, you get that newspaper montage, which was actually put together by George Lucas as a favour for Coppola. Um, and that would have been the first scene post-intermission.
3: Hmm.
1: They say there's always a real issue, though, where regardless of how long you say it is, there's people that are going to come back late and it's not really them that you're worried about. It's the people that are then disturbed. Imagine how few Yeah. It's bad enough with the cinema as it is where people are still coming in like five minutes late. And it's like you've literally had about 35 minutes these days with the amount of trailers you get and you're still coming in late. So
0: the, the bigger issue would be, Imagine the buzz after you've just watched Michael Kostolozzo and that. You might go out and kill someone in the break.
1: (laughs) I guess maybe that's why you get that kind of montage, because it's like to settle you back in, so you're not still just uh, pumped up and kind of waiting for that to go again. Really
0: good montage for that sort of period.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And something which, again, is aged horribly, Um, producer Robert Evans, his name was, had a real issue, and he took it like as high up as he could. And his issue was with the soundtrack. Oh, God. He said he hated the score and um, the director threatened to quit over it, and this was reasonably far into the film, and they they were no longer trying to get rid. Um, And so eventually he had to back down, because he said, no, this is about as perfect as I could imagine it being. I believe they actually gave um, Nino Rota more money after he returned the score because they said he he'd actually done better than they could have imagined. Yeah,
0: oh, sweet. <laughs> what a horrible, what a horrible take from that guy. <laughs> get him out of there ASAP. It
1: it's amazing when you read all of this, kind of how you get what you did. Because it just seems like everyone involved... Everyone
0: fucking
2: hated everything
0: that they, yeah. that they tried to do. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want Pacino there, obviously, famously. The Paramount were like, look, he's not getting in this. Yeah. That was a horrendous take. Unbelievable.
1: Um, in terms of the attention to detail, something I saw pointed out, just to say to the extent that they went to, um, almost all of the cars that you see in this film have um, wooden registration plates, Uh, during world war ii particularly in america they all had to hand in their registration plates to be uh, melted down to help with the war effort and so even after the war had finished it still took several years for them to be replaced so that's why you get a lot of wooden number plates in this film Mm. the original the original idea that was um, presented to the studio they wanted to go with was they wanted to set it in the 70s and be a modern piece and the director and uh, a number of the producers said. We've got what is an almost perfect piece of text here. Like, why would you want to change it? Mm. And thankfully, the right people stood up for it, and uh, you get what you do now. We've spoken previously, Keenan, where we've done what about three or four Pacino films just in this bracket now about his commitment, I mean with Heat, what was it, he, he he read like one line or one person said that his character was going to be on coke and he just leant completely into it <laughs> To he actually went and had his jaw wide shut for the first part of the shoot after Michael's been punched in the face
0: <laughs> that's just so ridiculous, <laughs> because he wanted
1: to be able to do it justice, he had, a, he had his jaw wide shut and he had a prosthetic built onto his face to make it puffy enough
0: just ridiculous short of going out and getting your face caved in that is the most ridiculous thing you could have done
1: i guess do you think some of it is like how is this going to read back in 10 years time as a piece of trivia they're thinking about people like us this is going to be a great story to tell i actually went up on your watch yeah we have what was it last week keenan um de niro in total spent about 30 grand on having his teeth fucking teeth and then and then, next year, uh, like 20, putting them back to normal afterwards just to do uh, Cape Fear.
0: Mm. Ridiculous. I don't care how much money I've got. I don't think I'm doing that. No.
1: If we go through a number of the stars, if we start with Marlon Brando, um, he says, in his words, he wanted to make Don Corleone look like a bulldog. So he stuffed his cheeks with cotton wool for the audition. And then for the actual filming, he wore a mouthpiece made by a dentist. um, And that's actually on display now in um, uh, the American Museum of Moving Image in New York. What do you think about the voice he puts on in this? Because I actually paused the film and just immediately searched for an interview by him. Just because I wanted to see the comparison of his actual voice compared to this. It's a strange choice. It works. But... Yeah, it's a strange choice.
0: It's great, mate. I do wonder at the time, would you, if you're like watching him perform this, would you again, because you obviously don't know how big this film's going to be, how's it going to no. do? It. It's a hell of a risk. You're probably thinking at the time, what the hell is this guy doing? Especially because you know he's, uh, if I say a live wire, that's probably putting it yeah. <laughs> uh, nicely. You're probably thinking, what the hell is this guy doing? But it's obviously it's a gamble that pays off massively
1: if we're saying about kind of actors just leading into like a tiny little thing they see, he says that his voice was based off um, real life mobster, Frank Costello. Mm. He says he'd seen him on TV during the uh, Estes Kefauver hearings in 1951, and essentially just imitated his voice. It was as simple as that. He thought it sounded good. Thought the man sounded powerful, domineering and, he says, when you speak at that volume, everyone has to be quiet to listen to what you're saying. Yeah. Um, as much as the people on screen is in the audience, like you have to really pay attention to every word. Yeah, fair.
0: And you do, you
1: do, yeah. With the pranks that we know he was putting in on set, in the scene where he returns home and he's carried up the stairs, he thought <laughs> it was a good idea to put weights under his body on the bed as a prank to make it even harder to lift him. And big, he was a big boy already.
2: That's that's cuntish, to be fair.
1: They <laughs> made him lose to take the role, and then he's doing that. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's terrible.
1: Uh, something you may know already, the cat that's held by him in the opening scene was a stray that yeah. he found in a lot of Paramount pictures. They actually had to re-dub over his voice because the cat was purring so loudly that it muffled his dialogue. And when you're speaking that quietly anyway, if the cat is louder than you, that's probably not a good sign.
0: (laughs) It has a very different effect if he has to start shouting his lines over the cat.
1: (laughs) A a comparison I was going to make, and I know you've obviously uh, seen the film, TK, me and Keenan did it the other week. It's very similar to uh, Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs in that your title character or the character that is you're most renowned for in the film isn't actually the main character is he, like Pacino has more of a role and I know he, he boycotted the Academy Awards because he was nominated for Best Supporting Role rather than Best Actor which did go to Marlon Brando in the end um, but the comparison I mean, is, is he there nom-
0: he doesn't win, he, he's nominated for Supporting I don't think he wins either yeah,
1: like, I no wonder he's pissed but it's one of those things like he's obviously the title character, but I think the parallels are there with Silence of the Lambs in that, one, you're making the most of your screen time. We're saying he only has an hour's, hour's screen time in this, just under, I believe, um, in a three-hour film. But his presence is so domineering that you wouldn't believe it.
0: It's true. It's not overusing sort of one of your best players, is it? It's basically what, what they're doing. Uh, you've also got... his like you said the effect it still has if you think godfather i still think you picture probably vito's face when if someone says that to you even though the story is really over the whole three films is about michael yet he is still the face that comes into your mind i think which is probably testament to the role but also to how brando does it there's also probably just a, a practicality of it you've probably only got so many good minutes that you can get out of brando he's kind of uh I don't know, like an Anthony Davis. (laughs) You've got to use it, but you've got to use (laughs) it sparingly because it's going to break down otherwise. So you've got to be careful how you use it.
1: Something of uh, Brando's influence on the film, Mario Puzo says there was one line if he was to single out from the novel that he was so proud of, and he begged them to include it in the film, but Marlon Brando told them it was too preachy and he he wouldn't say it. Um, From the novel, they say, a lawyer with a briefcase can steal more than a hundred men with guns, and they refused to put it in the film, much to his uh, despair. She mm. doesn't sound too preachy compared to some other lines you hear in the film. <laughs> I don't know if he was just making a point, but suddenly the guy that, that would wrote really it is harsh.
0: De- would really depend on the delivery, wouldn't it? It could have been a bit corny, or it could have been an uh, absolute hit. It Really, would depend on the delivery of it.
1: I mean, there's there's other ones like um. Also, I'm going to butcher it if I don't uh, scroll down here. But um, well, even
0: even like a you know a man who doesn't spend time with his that's family, that's the one I was looking for. There it's there very go. yeah, I think that probably falls into the category of preaching. Yeah. even if it's probably right.
1: Um, I mentioned the improvisation. Richard Castellano actually ad libbed the line: "Leave the gun, take the cannoli."
0: <laughs> that's excellent.
1: Um, I don't know if he'd heard it before like uh, if he'd been speaking about cannolis earlier in the day or what but great line to be. and I guess those early kind of sessions must have just helped with the comfortability to be able to drop something like that in what is a largely very serious film
2: Yeah, yeah definitely uh,
1: James Kahn also improvised the part where he throws the FBI's photographer's camera to the ground Um, so the actor's frightened reaction is genuine Uh, he also came up with the idea of throwing money which was no money um, at the man to make up with breaking the camera he said where i came from you break something you replaced it or repaid the owner no matter the circumstance but that almost becomes um, i'm sure this isn't the first time it's been used but that's very much like a mob thing in in films from uh, at least here on isn't it where they kind of chuck in the money almost like as if you're like making it rain on the guy and uh turning away, make them pick it up off the deck.
0: An extra bit of humiliation. I've just embarrassed you anyway, and now I'm gonna yeah. pay for it. James Carlton was clearly just going mad during this film. He was just going at a thousand miles an hour. What a guy.
1: Yeah, a lot bit more on him because uh him and I'm pretty sure it's uh, yeah. He he's fuming after this yeah, film comes out.
0: He has a lot of stuff cut, doesn't he?
1: He says he had about forty-five minutes cut. He says he, he confronted like publicly at the premiere. Um he confronts the producer and says, You cut my whole fucking part.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so on a day when everyone's celebrating, he's just raging. He uh ad libs the phrase bada bing that you hear when they're having the meeting to uh discuss um whacking Sollozzo. and as an extra way of making it cool, he says he just happened to hear it from uh, his uh, real life friend Carmine Persica, um, and so slips it in the film. Because if anyone questions whether you could use that, he says, "Well, oh, no, look, I mean, I've literally heard it by the kind of guys that we're portraying here." Bada bing! That's what you say. You have to if you, you're not taking these guys out from a distance, you have to get up close. Bada bing! And then he's smirking to you himself.
0: You're all over that nice Ivy yeah. suit.
1: Great, great scene. That's, I've watched that one several times today, today alone. Um, oh,
0: this is business and this might take me very personal.
1: We, we're going to go through some scenes and that's definitely one that I do want to go through. Um, one that's maybe the most impressive. Michael's description of how his father launched Johnny Fontaine's singing career wasn't in the script. Hmm. Nor was uh, Fredo's introduction, but Pacino having read the text, having read the script, puts together that speech to Kay at the start of the film and then obviously it's like one of the mo- most iconic parts of him explaining what the family does.
0: Yeah. The, the way in which he says it as well, it's crazy. Like he's just kind of just telling her a little family anecdote. <laughs> just...
1: it, it's almost, um, almost like he wants to be able to gloat about it all while still distancing himself, which I guess is the beauty of his character.
2: That's exactly what he wants, isn't
1: it? Yeah. But even just the way he's he's smiling to himself, but the question is, like, maybe we can do this a bit later, the question is whether it was always in Michael and he was kind of suppressing the way he always wanted to be, or if he grows into it almost by force. And Mm. the way he's enjoying it as he tells the story at the start, but only really upon seeing her reaction does he distance himself straight away. So maybe he always wanted to be in the family and represent it in that way, but was a bit more conscious because of his time in the military.
0: Well, that sort of internal conflict it does drive the film, doesn't it? That kind of that battle that he's got between does he want this and does he not?
1: Yeah, I'm already looking forward to watching the second one, which we've got in a couple of weeks. You've
2: um, seen but, number two before, right?
1: Yeah, I have, yeah. It's the third I haven't seen. But it'll make a lot more sense because it it was over a year from after I watched the first one that I saw the uh, second. Okay. So I didn't go back and watch the first one again. I was essentially watching like a summary video on YouTube, which is very hard to summarise the three-hour film in like four minutes. Yeah. So there's almost certainly when I re-watch it again, a lot's going to mean more, and I'm probably going to appreciate it more. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: There's an awful lot going on at this point, but you should be looking at these two thinking, this is a batshit crazy couple. They should both get the hell out <laughs> of you're thinking from his point of view, why are you being so honest? This woman has barely pride. You could have given her any answer here. And you've just been way too honest with her too early on. And from her point of view, you think, why is she sticking around? The the whole thing of, that's not me, that's my family. That would never fly. If you Mm -hmm. said your family are a bunch of murderers, that's not me though. She's getting out of there. (laughs) I think
1: it's um, the interest she has in Johnny Fontaine. And he wants to very quickly kind of reclaim the power and be like, look, that guy would be nothing if it wasn't for my family. (laughs) <laughs> and so it's almost from a place yeah. of um, like weakness. He's probably he pissed go. off as
0: well that his sister is a lot more happy to see Johnny Fontaine than she was to yeah. see him, because it's it's pretty ambiguous, but it is kind of alluded to the fact they haven't seen him since he got back from the war. <laughs> they don't really give a toss, but as soon as Johnny Fontaine turns up, t- yeah. t- she's buzzing.
1: It it should go the way in Harold and Kumar Christmas where he thinks he's scored a dime he sees a picture of her dad who just happens to be a ruthless mob killer and he's like well i want no part of this i'm getting <laughs> yeah. out of here yeah <laughs> the other way around um she's seemingly still disgusted by the idea but realizes she's got a catch maybe <laughs> um
0: look, she makes bad decisions throughout it should be added so yeah. uh
1: the scene where Sonny beats up carlo took 4 days to shoot And they had to bring in more than 700 extras. Uh, The use of the garbage can lid was improvised by James Khan, who says effectively he'd got pretty bored by that point and just needed (laughs) to spice it up a bit.
2: Have you ever, like, have you ever? I think I've said this to maybe to you before, Baron, but if you ever get a chance, just like just YouTube James Khan and just like just listen to him for like 10 minutes because he's like he's fucking batshit crazy. But... He is very very interesting to listen to but he is ultimately fucking nuts
1: i mentioned him before and um sean said is that the guy from elf
2: <laughs> i don't know if that's true or not
1: that's I, I he should admit that whether he will or not um here's a different story but um maybe there's a reason he's distanced himself from the pod lately um, the casting then, so TK's referenced it and the casting is obviously a big point of contention. Uh, someone's having a little yeah, struggle here. What's going
3: on?
1: I'll be honest, I was, I was about to blame you, TK, but it sounds like you're falling over maybe, Keenan, if, if it is you. What's up here? Someone's rattling around like they're like, stuck it in Sounds a like boat. I can hear the wind. No, I've not moved. Someone's moving as you're saying it i've literally not moved i'm not. i'm letting back well can you hear it because no. if you can't hear it then there's a good there's a good chance it's you
3: oh fucking jesus christ
1: oh it was overpowering um the casting uh francis Coppola was reluctant to let his sister talia shire audition for the role of Connie he says he thought she was too pretty for the part and didn't want to be accused of nepotism. Uh, only at the author's request did she get a chance to audition and then ultimately she gets the part.
0: Where to start there? No, <laughs> no disrespect, shot. Where, 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 you, where you want to start, you're not not able to, to start. <laughs> yeah. Also, the nepotism thing, by, by the time we get to the third godfather, dear Lord, he puts his daughter in it. A... Yeah, she's horrible.
2: She's no good.
1: Do you recognise her more for uh The Godfather or Rocky? Rocky, obviously. Oh, I was asking TK the question.
0: Yeah, she she's got a slightly more prominent role in Rocky, doesn't she? She she really just kicks in right at the end of this where she starts going mad at Michael.
1: It's far more irritating in this. Granted, uh, very justified, but you don't need to smash your old house up to prove a point.
0: That's your husband. That's your <laughs> husband.
1: Um Gianni Russo used his organized crime connections to secure the role of Carlo, going so far as hiring his own camera crew to film his own audition and send it to the producers. Marlon Brando was initially against having him as he's never acted before. Um this made Russo furious, and he went on to threaten Brando, which actually ended up getting him the part because Brando thought he was acting, and so was convinced he'd be a good part for he'd be a good part for the film. Turns out Brando, it was just a dirt he was just a dirtbag. He just dies with death this whole film, and just had no idea
0: for, for, yeah. for large
1: parts of it. Just too busy mooning and adding weights to his uh, stretches.
0: This guy could have actually started beating up <laughs> and Brando would have been totally unaware.
1: Oh, Elvis Presley, an avid fan of the book, auditioned for the role of Tom Hagen. <laughs> so he really wanted to play Vito. No, thank you.
0: Thank God. They <laughs> now, it can't be easy to turn down Elvis Presley in this, but thank God they did. Yeah, because I'm... Especially <laughs> Tom Hagen. <laughs>
1: Well, he wanted the role of Vito. He felt that he was doing them a favour by not going for that. Little did we know, if you do the remake, you're bringing in the guy from Phone Shop. For fuck's sake. Keenan didn't like that comparison because he knew it was a good one as well. It's just just not for me. It's a good one, though. The fact that he's not denied it the various times I've mentioned it. Did you
0: dislike the disrespect? Was that it? Yeah,
1: Hey, look, Phone Shop's yeah. a great show. Chicks I was,
0: love Jude say, I was about to say disrespectful comparison. We are about to compare this film to the business. So <laughs> I guess we, yeah. we probably can't get on the high horses too much.
1: Also, uh, a young Sylvester Stallone auditioned for the role of roles of Paulo and Carl, Paulie and Carlo, but wasn't oh. cast for either. No,
0: that's, that's not fun.
1: Should have threatened Brando.
0: Stallone would have had poorly doing his own little spin-off things. He gets away, (laughs) he kills Clemenza, he's on the run.
1: Probably the most troubling thing I saw when doing the whole trivia, and you may know where I'm going with this if you know this already. I think I do. Simonetta Stefanelli, who plays Michael's wife and also appears topless in the film, was Mm. only 16 at the time of filming.
2: Which yeah, I really wish what it... you
1: texted me yesterday, Keenan. Quite repulsive.
2: I don't have the energy to to take... oh, it's... You genuinely, you genuinely
1: fucking bore me.
0: That is that is
1: mental though.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy that that flew, isn't it? Really.
1: Like, there's a bit of trivia. What I saw underneath, and it's like, but she was 17 at the time production. So, well, that's okay. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> if some bloke's found with a 14-year-old on his computer while she's 24, that's his justification. It is, that is mental. Uh, yes, yes it is. To be honest, I'm surprised when it's shown now, like that, is that... isn't clipped or something, because it's, it's so mad that that's, that that's just still included. It was a different time. I mean, it's a different time, but you, you look now and you see scenes from films that are being cut because they're distasteful or they are certain references. And for this to still be just flying by, I don't know if it's maybe just, was was this a thing that you've known for a long time? Cause I read this and it was kind of buried in the trivia. Like it was, I mean, it it, it was buried underneath sliced alone auditioning for the role of Carlo. <laughs> Is this not big news?
0: I think we'd all prefer to pretend we just didn't know, wouldn't we? Just, I wish that didn't
1: happen. I mean, it helped that I didn't know when I watched it the first time because it would have been yeah. a lot worse, but ignorance is bliss, I guess, in that case.
0: Rough for Pacino. She's about half his age.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Jesus. Yeah, yeah wild. Um, Mo Green was modelled after Jewish mobster Bugsy Siegel. Um, although Siegel wasn't known for wearing glasses, both were assassinated with a shot through the eye. So essentially, uh, the director knew the shot he wanted with uh, the bullet through the glasses to finish him off. And so they just had to give him the glasses at the start to make it worth it.
0: Some guy, Mo Green. Some guy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> great scene. Though. We'll go into that last couple of bits and then we'll go through some scenes. Um in 1974, the film premiered on NBC and it was it was spread across two nights, Saturday and November the 16th and Monday, November the 18th. I don't know why they didn't go Saturday, Sunday, but there we go. Um, both nights at 11 p.m., the New York City's municipal water authorities had some overflow problems from all of the toilets flushing around the same time. Um one of the more popular bits of trivia, uh, during rehearsals, a false horse's head was used for the bedroom scene, but for the film shot, a real horse's head was used, acquired from a dog food factory. A couple of questions there. Um, according to John Marley, his scream of horror was real, as he wasn't informed that a real head was going to be used.
0: That's just so wild. I mean, on, on both fronts. Imagine trying to get away with that now. Either <laughs> The actor is suing them because he's horrified. And you're obviously getting sued because, right? You're not getting away with that.
1: My first thought in general was just how heavy, how heavy a sleeper is this guy. <laughs> and This can be like tucked in bed next to him, and he's <laughs> he's just sleeping through the whole thing. <laughs> very very strange. Um, Sonny's death offers up a, a, a little clue as to who it was um, that betrayed him uh, in Carlo. As when Sonny beats him up, he finishes by kicking him in the face. And then they do have a very particular shot where as they're going away they kind of step back and uh he kicks the, Sonny's most, dead unnec- body in the, face. the most unnecessary
2: <laughs> kick ever. <Yeah>. That's like
1: <coughs> the kind of thing you do if you're playing GTA or something.
2: <laughs> yeah. i remember I I remember thinking this Tuesday night and I was just like, that's just wild. About like, 140 shoot, shots. Yes, <coughs> shooting his very clearly dead body on the ground. As
0: well.
2: Yeah. Like body body shots. Body shots are just disrespectful. And then the, the boot is just wild. Because <laughs> Do you just we... don't get, You gain nothing.
0: Yeah. You can only lose. You might break your foot or something on his head. There is nothing to be gained from doing this.
2: There there isn't. Like if he does it early, like there's no way of doing it early. But like he's he is dead.
0: If they just like, got the one shot on him, you go okay. Yeah. Maybe kick him in the head just to make sure. You've laying about two hundred shots into it.
2: Yeah, there's just so wild. Like how many times? I wonder if there's sure there's got to be a count online about how many times someone thinks he's, he gets shot in yeah. that scene.
1: He goes out like Alonso in training day, does not they?
2: But just like way way worse.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Oh, so, um, by the I Russians.
0: Think, I think Khan says the guy who's putting all like the scribbles on and stuff said like, "Yeah, we've never actually done this many before." And he's like, "Why are you telling me this? Yeah. How yeah. you do it?"
1: Do we need to go over the theme of oranges in this, or is that been done to death? Do you want to? Oh, well, I, I hope if, if you didn't know it, then I wouldn't. But I guess just pretty simply, oranges in this film do foreshadow death. Um, something that's probably quite good for the second watch um, when you know that's the case. Clemens has asked for more wine, and he's given a picture of wine with oranges floating in it. Um, Tessio reaches across the table for an orange um, For Charlotte, not only his death, but they'll cross the Corleones. Um, there's an orange on the table between Tom Hagen and Jack Waltz. Vito's buying oranges when he's shot. Carlo's wearing an orange jumpsuit when Sonny beats him up. Uh, there's oranges on the table with a sit-down between the Dons, and Vito has orange peel in his mouth when he suffers his fatal heart attack in terms of themes in the film, and I don't know if any of you think there's a reason for it, I thought it was strange that any time a baby is on screen in this film, it's crying. And not even just kind of a, a little cry, like <laughs> to the point where you, you have to like adjust the volume as you're watching it. And I don't know if it's to be purposely uncomfortable because of what's going on, if it's intimating that they're aware there's something uncomfortable here, but it, it, it's the same kind of volume as they have uh, the train going past when um, Michael takes them also. out in the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it's a conscious thing or if it's just anytime the babies were passed on screen in this film, they just happen to be crying. Oh, I
3: yeah. Always,
2: I mean, I always, sorry, TK, go on, No,
1: carry
0: on,
2: mate. I always took it for the family thing.
0: Yeah. They're just constantly reaffirming that, aren't they?
2: The yeah, family. the the like because there's always someone picking the picking the baby up. There's so always someone looking after it, um, and and so on. Like sonny has got it in the arms when the sister when the, when the sister rings him, and it it, go, it goes from there. And then the mum comes and takes it. So I, I, I always took it for the this this again. It's just it's a family.
0: The only I'm as pissed as on... Sonny when that's going on. By the way, I'm trying to <laughs> talk on the fucking phone edge. I tell that baby somewhere else. They're talking about how they've got Tom Hagen.
1: Yeah, One of the only times I thought I, I understand why you're doing this was when uh, Vito's just come home from hospital and he's still over the moon to be given this crying screaming baby and I thought he was just hammering home as you said it's all about family for him that's that's all he cares about but other than that I just thought it was weird it was by um, the time you got to the christening and the baby is still like very loudly crying on screen. I thought there must be a reason for him doing this, especially when you weigh out the oranges thing. It's it's like everything he does put on film in this, there's a reason for it.
0: I guess there is just that constant, just by nature of the family, an underlying tension to it. So whether this was their sort of artistic way of demonstrating that yeah, that things look normal, but underneath there's a obviously a lot going on potentially, or it's it is just because of the way the film gave out. it could be just as equally possible the babies of crying each one they did it's yeah, just
1: yeah um if we go through a couple of scenes and i think obviously a, a great place to start is the opening scene um as iconic a scene as uh, yes. i can think of anyone that hasn't seen the film has probably still seen this scene um Bonasera, an undertaker, has come to ask for a favour, as uh, the quotes we all know, wants to avenge an assault upon uh, his daughter, who is beaten by a boyfriend, another man. He goes through, describes the assault, the arrest, the trial of the two boys. They get a suspended sentence and how humiliated he feels. And then he's come to the don to ask that justice be done. It's such, and I think the scene is less than five minutes long. I think it's about three and a half from the first line Bonacera has here to uh, when the favour is uh, granted, they literally, in that time, and you spoke to TK about not overusing Marlon Brando, but they get what everything you need his whole character. You don't need a backstory, you know exactly what he's all about in that three and a half minutes.
0: Yeah, spot on. Even before he actually talks, there's a hand movement to get someone to go and do something for him. Yeah. You're like, well, that's power, and that's also very cool. The way he does it, very slow, calculated. And yeah. yeah, as you said, that the way he talks, instantly you have an idea of his place in the community, that he's going to help these people, that he's got this level of power. But also that the way he sort of bullies this guy into, well, why didn't you come to me first? And sort of kind of acts, he's insulted that he went to the police yeah. first again, lets you know something about the guy's morals.
1: There's, I ask you for justice. And he says, that's not justice. Your daughter's still alive. Mm. Um.
0: And throughout these things, he obviously just delegates these tasks to various different factions. And so you're showing, you see the level of influence he's got and something else he obviously gives to, uh, he says a Jewish senator, I think it is, and someone else you get to a group out in the Bronx. There's always, you start to see this level of power he has over various different areas
1: his influence is, is summed up in the in the single quote he says, what have I ever done to make you treat me so disrespectfully? If you come to me in friendship, then this scum that ruined your daughter would be suffering this very day. And if by chance, an honest man like yourself should make enemies, then they would become my enemies and they would fear you.
0: Yeah, that is a belter of a line.
1: And already, like, and I've seen some praise. We spoke about Batman earlier and that this isn't. Uh, a spoiler if anyone's worried they don't waste time you don't need an hour to hear catwoman's backstory like they're more than happy to show you what she can do and that's it and in this we don't need a star wars thing at the start to say look this is who vito corleone is this is where he controls this and this by the end of this I, i know already going into the next scene what kind of guy we're dealing with
0: And you're you're automatically on his side because he's essentially getting justice for this guy who can't, for his daughter who's been beaten up, which is one of the things that you're going to be most repulsed by. But even within that, he's reduced this guy to a snivelling wreck who has to call him Godfather. So you don't even have the good grace to call me Godfather. And instantly he's on his knees, basically crying to do this for me, please, Godfather. You just see the power he can exercise very, very quickly.
1: And then Keenan, when we were speaking earlier in the week, we were speaking about whether whether you want to call it... um... Like the Mandela effect or what uh mm. this quote is this uh, this scene is often misquoted.
2: it, it is, yeah. Um because I always thought it was favour, he said, but it's not his service.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but every everyone who's ever <clears throat> imitated this scene, I swear to God, has used the word favour.
1: It's you get it's the confusion, don't you? I've... Because Michael Tusek when he says he, uh, well, he, he quotes it as favor, doesn't he, rather than for service. Mm, yeah. It's it's one, just,
2: is Michael okay? Yeah, but it's the same. Um, the actual, the offer. I know it obviously does say it, but the offer he, you, the offer he can't refuse. Um, Michael says that first.
1: And then in every other mm. film, they do use the recurring quote is offer. Mm. But no, they, no
2: it, sorry. No, no, you all talk. are you talking about something different, right? Yeah, that's a that that yeah. bit actually is. Yeah. That bit man. is, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it is yeah. it is Michael who says that first. He says it's okay. He says, "How did he do it?" He says, "He made him an offer he couldn't refuse." Yeah, and then I mean, it and is no, is it, after. it is about forty-five seconds later. Yeah, yeah. So I've
0: someday, used I've well, used the someday. I'm going to call on you to perform a service. Whenever someone's asked me uh, a small favour, I've frequently said, <laughs> one day, and this day may never come, I'll ask you to perform a service. And I've used the word service only because there is something very weird about someone using the term service. It sounds a little bit <laughs> untoward. And I realise as I've said it, like, this sounds real creepy, actually. Maybe I shouldn't say this. I mean, but It is what he says, yeah. You perform a service for me, and that day may never come.
1: The, the main um, thing, this film... I mean, that the, is the most
0: obvious foreshadowing. Whatever. Yeah. Well, by the way, funeral director. He says, "I'm going to
1: actually perform a service." Not great. Yeah. This makes so much more sense why a man would have to ask uh, for the daughter's uh, father's blessing or permission to marry their daughter because it's an absolute nightmare on their wedding day where you just got to grant all these favors. <laughs> Anyone asked anything for you? I'm not surprised you got to get permission first.
0: It's absolute admin for the father. It's not a day for him to enjoy. He, he's doing admin all day.
1: Your daughter's wedding, you've got to be somewhere else. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're you've got a got good to be day. Don't bother me.
0: i tell you what, when you're waiting for your wife to give birth, there must be such tension at that point. If you're a Sicilian man, you'll be like, please be a son, <laughs> please be a son. I don't need this. Yeah, I saw... I wish uh, we had this tradition. I'd quite like to... <laughs> Luke, Luke, I've got a request of you. I'm going to have to ask you... You're going to have to start tweeting loads of nice things about Tottenham. And you to, look, I can't refuse a request. <laughs> I'll do it.
1: I mean, in the grand scheme of uh, this film, that's probably not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, movie. there's a
0: lot, lot worse you could ask of
1: him. You're asking me to uh, wipe out Conte. I, I don't want that smoke either.
0: Uh, I was thinking we were going to have to trivialise. I was assuming I wasn't going to be able to actually commit murder. I was thinking it was going to have to look, be something trivial. If it's
1: my daughter's wedding day. I don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah fair. <laughs> The scene, though, I saw um, an interview with uh, Coppola speaking about it, and he said what he wanted to drive home is in this scene, he's already introduced the themes of violence, kinship, and morality that then just drive home the rest of the movie. And he's presented three things there. And despite this world that we're being uh, introduced to, all of these things we can relate to will being to a wedding, we can relate to um, the fact that we don't really feel that justice has been served in this case. We can relate to the fact that uh, the parent would want more to be done. Um, and we can relate to the fact that the guy, because it's not his daughter might say, well, hang on a minute, your daughter's alive. I'm not quite going to go to the extent of just wiping someone out. <laughs> Everything in there, we can kind of, as the fact we're not going to be in that position. They're kind of like, I, I can understand everyone's point to you. And then, as things get more complex as we go through, we've already do got an enjoy, understanding uh, of these
2: characters. I do enjoy Vito saying we're not murderers. As well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How sort of indignant he is by it.
2: Yeah. No matter what Bonacera <laughs> thinks, we're not murderers.
0: So, so I think that's exactly what you are, Lass, to be honest. Yeah. Seems hard to deny that one.
2: Yeah. You've got a hitman on the payroll, mate. I think you are. You, you are a murderer.
1: Luca Brant's is outside, He's practicing his speech. <laughs> and then with, with this. Um, well, I'm
2: talking to Luca Brasi and things they left leave out of the film. There is a rough, rough storyline about Luca in the book. Go on. That,
1: tell us.
0: Um, yeah, I think there's something in the back of my mind about
2: this. Oh, it's just grim. he killing kids, is it? Yeah, he throws a baby Ooh. into a furnace.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Like
1: Does he have a daughter?
2: No, I d I can't okay. remember, to be honest. Doesn't but have just 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 genuinely launches like just takes his baby and throws it into a furnace and that's how he ends up like he's going to go away for it and Vito just like tucks him up and then that's how he ends up coming. that's how he ends up getting on getting on the payroll
0: and becoming his bodyguard that seemed a pretty solid way to get someone worked <laughs> yeah, yeah get him off that charge yeah
1: imagine that as um, your defense to each time the police go be like it was my daughter's wedding, you do have to understand this, <laughs> yeah. you know what, I've got a daughter I understand where you're coming it's, from
0: It's funny, you've explored a loophole, yeah? yeah, we can't charge you Congratulations <laughs> um, sir, walk out
1: We mentioned earlier that the director's cut was initially shorter than this, but we have seen with films more recently that there is so much footage left over and you can almost make new films as we've seen with uh, Justice League and I know that's the case with um, the Godfather 3 cut I if they released say a 90 minute cut and it's just the wedding of connie corleone (laughs) yes i could be well on board for this
2: not a problem i genuinely think half hour for that takes a piss you're
0: done with the wedding yeah you're you're over
2: it yeah yeah home checked out after about after about 16 minutes i don't need any more that seems well, I, was,
1: harsh. I said to TK, um, and I did this without very little f- thought going into it, but if I had to put a list together of like movie scenes that I'd like you to just place me into and I can have the experience, this wedding seems like a great place to start. The food we're, is almost guaranteed to be sensational. Um, if If I'm in the crowd when that old fella gets up on the mic... <laughs> That's the best day of my life.
2: Yeah, I mean, by the time he jumps up, I'm pretty much, I'm
0: pretty much, ch- I'm checked out.
1: No, no, I can't believe what I'm hearing. If I'm, you go on, on I'm YouTube, on the floor like
0: Clemenza is <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Holy, more,
1: wine, more wide, more wide. If if you go on um, YouTube and this scene is up there several times, um, there's a recurring guy commenting across them, and he's just letting everyone know this is his granddad, basically. And he's got on there, and all the comments each time are just people saying like, "I love your granddad." Like this, this is the best guy ever. Like the smile on my face when I see this film every time, and he's just like gratefully replying to everyone like, "Yeah, we love getting him do, getting him to do this. He he loves people recognizing him for this. I can't believe Keenan's doing this. I mean, I I was charmed completely when the old man's up there, but even the lady." Uh, Luna Mez, I've uh, seen I may have butchered the pronunciation there uh, is what they're seeing but everyone enjoying it No, I'm finished with it mate
0: He's leaving the wedding early, he's going like I've seen them do the bit I won't oh, see it. Oh, I, sh- mean, sh- sh- I just don't need half an hour of it
1: me and TK, 20, but, uh, 29 mins. <laughs> me and TK have already uh, spoken about the crossover when the wedding crashes get to this wedding and you've got Owen and Vince up on the mic following the old man there. <laughs>
0: Making it about them. How do you know each other? Well, you know.
1: I don't know they really and would stand nephew. out like a sore thumb. No, that's not a wedding you want to take over. <laughs> that's a wedding you stay in the background.
0: Keenan, would you have been roped in if he had put a, number, a little shout number on there? It's the big man that stepped up, started
3: singing, shout. Uh, yeah, I probably would have, to be
2: honest.
0: <laughs> I'm afraid, <Yeah>. of, afraid <laughs> of cracking champagne over
2: anyone <laughs> Yeah, guys, mate. Yeah, if, it, if it, I mean that felt that like song was released in the fifties, so there was they, they could have they could have done that. A missed opportunity for them. Wait, yeah,
1: it, it seems like a great gig being an extra on this as well because they say the director gave them literally no. Uh, direction other than enjoy yourself like you've got everything here to be able to enjoy (laughs) yourself move around the place just have a good time and then he would just move around positioning who he needed in a a certain place to film the scenes they were doing, everyone in the background is just having the time of their life and that's why it it, it looks so casual and the fact that no one's really acting, it it does have that family vibe in that I mean it's a it's the only time these films are going to be compared, but when you look at the wedding crashes, weddings, the whole point there, isn't it, is that there's so many different people coming together at a wedding that you can, you can squeeze get away yourself with, in and get yeah. away with it. This, yeah. everyone is so close knit that it works perfectly and it, it does look like a massive family.
0: Yeah, you spot on. It, it doesn't look thrown together at all. What's your what's your thoughts on the cake? That's a hell of a wedding cake. Yeah, I mean And everything,
1: everything about this, I was thinking about and I don't know if you get to see like uh the equivalent of the spread in this because almost like I know just just cannoli, 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 cannoli.
2: Uh, <laughs> so, also I don't think it was sausage, rolls and volivants like. <laughs>
1: yeah. no, I know um
2: so well, to, how do, far do, you're in. Do you love Tea. a good volivant?
1: You've been watching the Sopranos and I could never finish an episode of The Sopranos without feeling hungry after because all of the mm. food in that is just sensational. Um, I've got to think if you were transported to this wedding, you wouldn't be leaving on an empty stomach.
0: A couple has spent 200 times more than he was supposed to on the catering, I bet. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So I've spent the budget again. I've done it again.
1: And Keenan, you think the amount of extras they got together in this scene and the amount of extras they got together um, for uh, when. Carlo is getting a uh, pieced up in the street mm. does make a mockery of uh snatch and them struggling to get enough extras together to see uh, Brad Pitt going in a boxing match
2: yeah it's strange isn't it?
1: That's crazy. Yep. um moving on and obviously we'll, we'll skip quite a few scenes I, I did note down that if we do a similar uh Christmas podcast this year TK uh the Don getting killed right around Christmas is, is probably an easy one that we could jump on there. I think I may have
0: very briefly touched on our Christmas one uh, that I sometimes thought of this as a Christmas film solely based on Michael and Kay doing some Christmas shopping.
1: Yeah, That's, and I watched let, this for the first time on Christmas Eve. So. Uh
0: yeah. Let alone the fact that it's, this is pr- just coming up to him seeing that his father has been shot. Yeah. Not maybe not that warm Christmas feeling, but you know what? I'll do.
1: I know uh, the fact he went away, but is there no other way they, they could have got in touch? Like, does he need to see this on the back of the paper? Because he phones up and they're saying, hey, look, what? we've not heard from you as if he's supposed to know already.
2: How else are they going to get in touch with him? They don't know where yeah. he is. Does
1: he, not have, a, does he not have a phone number somewhere else? You know, give that back? Well, I don't know. What Michael being
0: absent for various periods is pretty seems to be pretty commonplace for them, that, doesn't
1: he? Yeah. <laughs> for various different reasons. Whilst no part of well, the family.
0: He's in the military, he's at college. Oh, He's doing all this.
1: At least. Joe Carthy, you don't
0: want to get caught yeah. up in the family business.
1: <laughs> at least the impression when you get here, he doesn't just swan back at Christmas to pick up his presents and then dash off again. Like he is very committed to let like, you see me when you see me. Saving it's himself consistent. a fortune as well, looking at that wedding. <laughs> if we go on to the killing of Salotso and McCluskey. Everything about this is so good. And I think, again, it's even better on the second watch, despite they've kind of laid out the plan for you. The tiniest grin you get from Michael when he asks if they go into Jersey and they think they're two steps ahead of him, despite him knowing the entire plan put together. It's just so masterfully done. Actually, the the conversation to get to this point, we said we'd come back round to. Really, when you see Michael start to come out of his shell completely.
2: Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's... But when you watch it, when you once you've seen it, once you see it again, it's like, oh, it's never meant to be. He is he is on it from the, the word go. It's him who says, yeah, do it. No prompting, no nothing, I'll do it. This, and
0: is he how,
2: can... this, this is how we're going to do it.
0: Yeah, and he can talk them around, and they're all like, well, you can't kill a cop. To literally within... Minutes of him saying, I well, why can't you? And laying out why they can't. Even Tom Hagen, who's obviously supposed to be the more reserved, careful, cautious yeah. one, is like, you know what? He's got a pretty good point
2: here. I think very the... Good, very good, very brief story, but a very good story about um, how uh, Tom comes to be part of the family as well, actually.
1: Yeah. I think that the the real brilliance of this scene is the whole time everyone is telling Michael... You can't act on emotion. You can't act on emotion, and he's actually the calmest person in the room. Like he is the only one, from start to finish, that is acting in the interest of business. Yeah,
2: he works out. Do you still got contacts in the paper? Bang, we'll we'll show we'll show him as as what he was.
1: Yeah, almost to a fault because when you have the quote from uh, the Don saying um, like a man without his family, etc., etc., because family is almost a thing that he may neglect the most while trying to protect the family because he is so businesslike so th- this scene where you do see that he's not as naive as uh, perhaps they believe him to be and you just see the cogs start to turn in the transformation it's just so good
0: That contrasted to him in the view obviously explored a lot more in the second one as well so you'll talk about it at that time I'm sure but and Michael's not really able to get the balance right in the way that Vio was until he just becomes utterly ruthless and kind of a bit distant from everyone
2: uh, part of that's change changes within himself, but as the second one shows, a lot of its changes are imposed upon him hmm. yeah like when someone tries to kill your old man, you can't the sentiment has to be removed for a while you would imagine
1: well he even says in in this scene where he says, I am thinking. Th- this is business. Um, he is going to try this again. Um, so even whether he's just justifying it and saying about how he's not being emotional when really he is, he does it very well. He's just so many levels ahead of these guys. And when he's when he is in the meeting and he goes to the toilet and he words it correctly, to they don't suspect a thing. He does the same thing that he does in uh, Carlito's Way, because the scene in there is isn't there, when they're in the pool, pool hall and he goes in the toilet, he gets yeah. his gun ready, mm-hmm. and he's taking the deep breaths to get him to go out. But in that one, he's kind of shouting and kind of geeing himself up that way.
2: Just because he hasn't got any bullets
1: in his gun in that one. No. And in this one, when he's kind of it's... running his hands through his hair and he's pumping himself up differently. And then the way they build the tension where you think he's going to go straight out, shoot him from behind, make sure it's just done there and then. He actually takes the, sit, the seat down, hears them carry on for a few minutes more and then he acts with the ruthlessness that you've come in, you've been building up to.
0: it yeah, goes against what Clemenza tells him to do. Clemenza tells him to come straight out and shoot him.
1: Yeah, and you That's wonder, I was thinking when I was watching it again get rid of the gun, get rid of the gun because it almost feels like they're saying it for a reason before he leaves where they're repeating to him and you make sure you ditch the piece, you make sure you get rid of it, and he carries it for a few steps, and then obviously it goes through his head, and he gets rid.
0: But it's showing he still is at that point. This is obviously alien to him, and he's, he's shaken by the whole thing, Yeah. and he's not fully thinking about the plan, but he is still thinking about it enough that he can do this. He's, it's still that sort of last bit of probably innocent Michael. But after this, it's all, you know, he's full mafia boss mode. yeah but this is kind of his sort of initiation if you
1: will well, he, he gets to this and it's like he's almost gone like 70 percent of the way and then his wife yeah. being killed is ultimately the point where it's like yeah there's no going back from here yeah
0: yeah exactly by the way side note with that thing with the toilet you know Tessier calls it the old-fashioned toilet with the box yeah. and
3: chain.
0: This is an early 70s film set in the 40s. We had a toilet like that in my house when I was growing up. <laughs> they described this as old, and we had one of them. What the hell was going on?
1: Uh, an- another scene I thought was um, worth going over is Michael telling Fredo, don't you ever take sides against the family. Um, Fredo does come across as snivelling from the start. Mm. and i did text sean because not even joey i do think he looks like fredo
3: <laughs> that's so I,
1: cruel i do gen, i think i think it's the forehead and i'm not even actually drive by on shoot
0: no, I, look, <laughs> the best uh, thing is byron said that as if that's a save well i yeah. no, think it's just a no, forehead
1: because no, so, i'm gonna him. say uh look Sean's a better-looking guy than Fredo. It's look, I'll, I'll give him that. But there, when I see him, whether it's... I don't know if it's his eyes, if it's his hair think or they've whatever. I got a sim- similar nose. There, there is some similarity there to the point where <laughs> I look at Fredo when I see Sean. <laughs> but Mo Green.
0: Does that mean you see yourself as Mo Green? You straighten Sean no. every, every so often.
1: <laughs> look... Sla- he's slapping around when he, he slapped my brother around <laughs> he, <laughs> he was banging cocktail waitresses at at the time. Time. players like, couldn't get a drink at the, the
0: table, table? what's <laughs> the matter with you just imagine it in that scene it's like, Look, I just want to get a drink at the table there. and he's banging these <laughs> cocktail <Well>,
1: girls There <laughs> is the thing where he says that and I don't know if Michael does but I'm freaking he does have a bit of a point. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> to be honest.
1: So
0: <laughs> like, you know nah. what? He was out of order. I you know, I have one cocktail waitress
1: you, and someone serving drinks? <laughs> no, nah,
2: I'm, I'm all in I'm all in on Fredo when I find out he's, back. he's, he's fucking loving freeways.
1: right
3: <laughs> like,
2: Fucking useless, but I tell you what, shags, shags a load. Oh,
1: it's, I'm, so you know what? I'm, I'm in Vegas. On. Do you know my dad is? Because there's no other way get away with
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> just does bits. Um, play, players couldn't get a drink at the table is a phenomenal
0: <laughs> it's <club>. so good <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mo Quiz- Mol- 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 Green is such a sensational character yeah I- as yeah, cameos thing. go it's incredible it's such a shame that well it's such a shame we get his fate because honestly I'd fucking love him just to pop up in like six or seven more just like six or seven more minutes <laughs>
0: just I like doing do like- an entire spin-off of Mo Green honestly yeah. I really could.
1: I like it with um he gets pumped up, doesn't he? And he says, the Corleone family don't even have that kind of muscle anymore. He's sick, right? And he's, like, playing his trump card. He's saying, you're getting chased out of New York by Barzini. What do you think's going on here? You think you can come to my hotel and take over? And Michael's saying, is that why you slap my brother around in public? As if that's, like, a one-up on him. If anything, mm. Mo Green's like, damn right I'd do that. I'm the big man in this establishment. You're coming into my town here. And ultimately, it doesn't quite end that way. But... uh Look, I can see why Mo Green feels he's in the position to be uh, making orders in, in in this instance
2: you buy I always think, whenever I think about this you buy me out I buy you out just yeah. oh, <laughs> man, unbelievable
1: and Fredo and obviously there's a bit more to talk about when we do um, Godfather 2 but uh, just everything he does is just so perfect to set up that kind of groveling character without making it like a caricature of him just being a complete worm like when he he's defending the fact that he's been slapped about by rubbing yeah. his shoulders and Mo Green's not even giving him a second look.
0: It's humiliating isn't it?
1: And it's just it's just done so well. Like
2: there's, there's the conversation he and uh he and Mike, obviously him and Michael have in the second one is genuinely one of my favourite
1: scenes. Mm. I, I yeah. have that go around my head at least twice a week. Um with Sean at, I'm smart. No, I've just I <laughs> trusted you. Like dumb. <laughs> and I had Sean texted me that the other day, actually. Like, I trusted you, Fredo, so he knows. You broke my heart, Fredo. Yeah. I, broke my heart. I was just trying to see any any more of uh, Mo Green, but uh
0: nope, just yeah, getting yeah. shot in the eye after this. <laughs> oh <Poor> god. <guy. laughs>
1: Yeah, just oh yeah, I wish we could get some more of him. Hopefully, there's some more scenes floating about that will be released one day because I've got to think they had a bit more gold there. The baptism scene, another one of the maybe the most iconic scene after uh, the opening. So well done. This is just a filmmaker in his bag essentially like everything here is just done so well with the church music in the background the kind of synergy of michael talking with god while simultaneously becoming the godfather and just play by play the assassinations going through and i guess it speaks to the calmness of michael that he's able to go through this ceremony while all of this is going on and just casually go outside after and ask if it's been done. I guess foreshadowing what you said, Keenan, not uh, Keenan, TK, with how ruthless he does become.
0: I don't want to go uh, too arty farts on you, but it's kind of his baptism, isn't it? He's basically been baptised as a godfather. This is him arriving. A cool little thing, the way they make uh, each killing kind of its own little quote, obviously the Mo Green shot in the eye, uh policemen shooting him on the steps yeah uh the sort of the in the getting trapped in the rolling doors etc
1: that one's harsh that one is like <laughs> come on
0: <laughs> you're not having that Listen, it's like just, one it's gonna
1: work it's been well executed and two you'd feel like such a fool in that instance like when you're stuck in that tiny little space you're like come on i deserve better than this
0: i don't know if it's worse than to again whilst he's banging some uh <laughs>
1: Uh, two at times the way forward. He he could have had some uh, protection there. Fredo <laughs> would have could have taught him a thing or two.
0: <laughs> the second cut dog just make sure you don't get whacked. It's fine. Just make sure you don't get murdered. Yeah. Well,
1: just, even just before this scene, you have um, the contrast of Michael's conversation with Kate, and when you compare that to the first one where he's being so incredibly open, um, he's almost well, it goes, it, goes, he's goes, not in denial it at all, from. is he?
2: it goes from being that's my family that's not me to being well that is now absolutely me isn't it yeah
1: yeah because he's not even <coughs> in final the second time around he's almost looking at her like what this is business what do you want from me
0: and he kind of speaks in a tone as like that uh well actually this isn't as bad as you think because like well you told her this was bad so it's kind of you've created this monster for yourself yeah, the, the way he does casually come back from sissy, like, he's been missing from her life for years, and <laughs> just Mate, turns up, and you're like, come on, back. let's get back together. No mention of the fact that he got married. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Adam he's misses. not mentioning that.
2: Adam well, she got blown up. So we still good?
1: She <laughs> says, doesn't she? Um, how long are you been back? And he says something like a year or a year. a, while. Just a year. <laughs> and as if like, I don't know if he's just playing hard to get or what, but. <laughs> He's he just, just playing the field a bit when not he got care back. Yeah, all.
0: <laughs> yeah, as if it wasn't bad enough. She, he has been back for a year. He could have got in touch.
1: Yeah, I, I know you said about the, this scene, TK, that you don't want to get too arty, but I, I do think it's impossible to talk about this scene without looking at it from that perspective because I've got to think, when he's in that editing room, he's patting himself on the back here because he's got to know, like... Yeah, we, we we've got something. Oh, just the way he's,
0: he's rock hard, even the editing. Yeah, he's got to be.
1: Oh, it's just so good, and I, I do think it's one of them that you can just rewatch, like because it's. Uh,
0: I, I mean, yeah, and in, in fairness, this is this is then going to lead on to the Carlo scene, which in itself is knocking it out of the park. Michael walking away from that, yeah, is just incredible. You're, you're going to talk about it, I'm sure, but that lead one scene leading on to the other is just unbelievable
1: how many times he can say what am I going to do make my sister a widow (laughs) and yet there's still a a level of belief every time that he may actually mean this
0: you just know he's uh, he's got uh, sort of twisted satisfaction from Carlo thinking he's got away with it and ain't getting it wouldn't be the same as just killing him him letting him think he got away with it and then killing him
1: is just He's chat raised him, basically. Does it not ultimately show as well that, for him, this is business? Because yeah. he's been knocking his sister about, he's not taking this kind of action. The, the moment he's involved in this kind of betrayal, that's the point that's too far for him, and that is when he takes him out. So the business in that regard means more to him than his sister does.
0: Yeah, you might yeah. be right.
1: Do you think the, so? Like
2: you? Yeah, I mean, very possibly, but I mean, one as terrible as it sound, but one one impacts him directly more than the other.
0: Yeah. And it did lead to his brother being killed by. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Up. So there is an emotional element still within there. The way he does it, though, in contrast to Sonny, just perfectly summarizes the two characters. Where Sonny flew off the handle and goes and f- fills him in. Yeah. Michael's totally calculated in the way he gets his revenge
1: my main takeaway when he is eventually killed is how poor that car seat is like that would have been so much easier so much less of a struggle if the car seat just didn't bend back completely and he has some (laughs) level to be able to pull on But when the car seat just gets pulled back completely you alleviate a lot of the pressure that you're putting on and he's able to be putting his foot through the windscreen great death yeah yeah it, it is and I do think every time someone's in that situation that you've got to know when you're being put in the front seat there's always a reason for it but
0: well when Paulie gets whacked he tells him don't he, you hey, don't sit behind me sit in the other seat you're... Yeah, he claims like you're blocking the views like, we know why you're doing this Paulie it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah it it's brilliant I've got to think all of this together does come to if if you were on the ropes about how high you are rating the film the baptism scene is probably what tips it over the edge for these critics when they're calling it like a work of art etc
2: it's um, beautifully done
1: and it's the perfect kind of <coughs> excuse me sorry wrapping up of a film that has been nearly 3 hours long like mm. you do get the payoff and we've spoken about that previously that when you have these bad guys and it's open to interpretation whether everyone's a bad guy in this but if you're going to sit for this long, you do want the payoff. And I remember using it as a complaint about um, the fugitive that you didn't really get it in this. You get your payoff and more. It's like you get your 25% extra at the end of it for waiting so long. Yeah. And then as a way to close it out and just show you is if it hadn't been put in front of your face already, the complete transformation of Michael. one, that he's continuing to lie to Kay when he's telling her what you can ask after telling her not to put her nose into his business but just how disillusioned he is with her and how it is just all about the business the business the business is just a perfect way to wrap the film up
0: and we started the film with him being too open with it and telling her everything and now he's giving out one question and that's it forever (laughs) according to this right you can have one more question and after that I'm never answering your questions again
1: if we were to narrow it to three and you've got that you've got the conversation um, before uh, all of the other guys are wiped out and then the final one he gives a bit more information in the second conversation where he's saying look the family's going to be clean in five years and then by the third conversation it's just keep your nose out of it Just the transformation is just well and truly wrapped up.
0: And also her choosing to believe. He's told this massive lie that seems pretty huge. She chooses to believe it, despite the fact you think, why would Connie be going off like this? She walks out of there, and then she sees them all kissing his hand. It's like, it's pretty clear what's going on here, whatever he tells you.
2: Yeah, it's it's a miracle that she she buys that. She chooses chooses to to accept
0: it, it, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it.
1: With this, and just to loop right the way back around, um, for everything that Pacino does throughout this, and it must be incredibly difficult as an actor to essentially you're playing the same character again with such a transformation as you get in this one. For that reviewer to say the part was too big for oh,
0: him, insane.
1: Hard to imagine anyone that could have done it better. No,
2: yeah, it is hard point. to imagine that anyone
0: could
1: have done it better. Yeah, you wouldn't have anyone in that role outside of it. So, just mental. Um, shall we go on to the categories? Go on. I was hoping that everything would move a bit faster because uh, I didn't have them loaded up. Um, yeah, the rewatchability of this. Now, as a three hour film, it's never gonna be high up on the list, but where do you think it stands in that kind of realm? In terms if you were just putting it against other three hour films, how rewatchable do you think it is?
2: There's, I don't I don't know I don't know if it's the most. I, I don't think it's it, But I don't think it's far off.
1: I don't think it's particularly rewatchable from start to finish just because of the level of attention you do need to pay to it and and i'm not saying that i'm not even saying that as a like a negative point against it but i think we don't think we're recording at this point um i was struggling to even be able to put like notes down while i was watching because you were missing something in that 30 seconds i was typing something down I i
2: don't know
1: i like i
2: suppose i i mean you've only seen it you've only ever seen it twice
1: right yeah, this is my second time
2: watching it. Yeah, like as you watch it, once you've watched it a couple of times, that just becomes immediately less true. You know where the scenes, you know where the scenes are placed and stuff. Um, uh, you know, and sort of the order of the scenes, and I think that because does become less true. Like, I could sit and dabble in it for 10, 10 minutes, and sort of know where I am, and then sit and watch the rest of it, and without sort of paying sort of a great deal of attention to it if that makes sense
1: yeah I get what you're saying
0: Yeah, um, I think he's, he's pretty much spot on is that I've I'd have to say how rewatchable it is on the basis that I've seen it a ridiculous number of times so as much <laughs> as I understand as yeah. a free hour film it's not I've, I think I said to Luke in the week I've, certain bits of the Sicilian bits I kind of know what he's saying without the subtitles I know there's a bit where Michael's yeah. asking about when he can go back it's like, I've just seen it enough times that I know this it's crazy
1: fairly easy conversation he does have with um, her dad. Like the dad is completely offended that
3: <laughs> this like He's over piece very of meat,
1: this being discussed, is his daughter. And then the American accent comes out, and it's beer on Sunday. Then you can meet her. It's a it's a very quick turnaround. The Pacino oh, this charm. Pers-
0: this person clearly a fugitive. <laughs> yeah yeah. Get, with, <laughs> get with my daughter, no problems.
1: Oh, I mean he even lays it out doesn't he like this information a lot of people would pay big money for this information so he's clearly laying a lot like, I'm a dangerous guy
0: and this is why I'm telling this to you a stranger in a cafe this is why I'm saying this
1: baffling Um, is it as easy to say that Michael is the MVP
0: I mean Brando gives it a good go
2: Oh, I was going to say I was... that,
1: That's that's the question
2: I don't know where I, I don't, I don't know what side I sort of fall on, but I do like the argument has to be there for Brando. Michael's the obvious choice, but Vito really is there.
0: Yeah, it's tricky. At the top of this thing, I said that I think if you say they were the godfather, Vito's the, the picture that comes in your mind. Mm. I I do think when Michael's walking up that path after Carla's been killed, that's kind of a uh, sort of messy one in the Copper America where you're like, Lewandowski is never going to win it he's had an unbelievable year but he's just stolen it here, I think that's Michael Steele in the MVP
1: Keenan uh, can you try and make the argument for me that Tom Hagen is the MVP
2: it's a brain to be on the operation mate he says yes or no to a lot of things that happen in this film
0: or, It is only, the or more you happen. watch it and the older I've got the more I've appreciated Tom Hagen great character so good that that bit She's with Vox. Fucking, Vox is getting mad at me. He Just carries on eating. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just completely unperturbed. The
2: only thing that the, the the like one of the great crimes is that they fuck him off at number three.
0: Yeah, I mean, numerous issues with that film, but he could probably paper over a lot of the cracks just by having him there.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely.
0: I think we're of the same thinking, aren't we? That that film isn't quite as bad as people say. It's I've just always, nowhere near the first two, but it's still a good film. Just not the drop off is just too much. There is some problems there. I mm. I
2: never, never say I'll never say there's not. I do think it suffers from being a Godfather th- film.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I
2: think it really does. I think if it was a standalone film, I think it would be. I'm saying people are it's a masterpiece, but I think people are yeah, good. It's not. Bad. Whereas people absolutely hate it. There are yeah. some. Gash performances in their mind. yeah
0: Coppola's daughter is a a horrible standout
2: great direct great director she's actually not a bad actress that's the worst part like she's in other stuff and she's really quite good i don't know what this was
1: (laughs) is there a chance it's going to be your wild card keenan
2: what the godfather three yeah no 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 it's not I think you you've seen two and three. No, you're not seen three. No, I've not seen, seen three. three.
1: Uh, you need to make sure you, you watch it. I'll be uh, just to watch my it own by the end of the month because if I haven't watched it before, then I'll watch it at the cinema because it's on a Wednesday night. So,
2: well, for my own idle curiosity, mate, more than anything, I'm like to know what you think about it because I, I do genuinely believe I, I I'm like one of about seven people on the planet apparently, but I just don't think it's as bad as people make out. It. It's not. It ain't good.
0: No, we're, I'm very much on the same page as you. I think, I think I may have said before similar things. Well, I, thing of, as I a standalone think Andy, film this would be okay.
2: Yeah, I think, Goss, I think Andy Garcia. I think Andy Garcia is great in it.
0: I think his character is great as well. The whole creation of that character is brilliant.
2: Yeah, the incest. Yeah, it's odd. A little
0: mm. bit weird. It probably yeah, doesn't help yeah. her doesn't help her cause I guess.
2: No. Uh, I, uh yeah, the incest ain't great. I'll say.
0: But it's given quite a quite a seller to Byron, that. Christ. Yeah, but it's the <laughs> secondary They've,
2: and the ch- the church bit. It's not technically, but yeah. yeah. the church bit's. I don't know. I I'm not sure about the church bit. Um, but it, like genuinely,
0: it, it's not bad. All right. Well, let's go back on Tom Hagen. Tom Hagen's sensational. He's sensational. Yeah.
1: Let's go on to our second film of the day because uh, I mean it's probably going to be very similar to uh, the Goodfellas Hood podcast in terms of <laughs> the comparison here, but. Uh, We'll go on anyway. Uh, the business.
2: HMV presents the business. When you're making a killing, someone always has to pay.
3: It's madness.
2: I'll shout. Oh. <laughs> boy.
1: From the director of Football Factory.
2: You're with us now, son.
1: The business out now at HMV. Top dog for DVD. Frankie is sent from London to Spain to make a delivery to Charlie. Who likes the kid and shows him the ropes including the use of guns and drugs frankie likes the sun pools and the cute bikini clad girls and stays in spain it's a pretty dull synopsis for a film like this to be honest um i think imdb is doing him many favors there <laughs> same question as before keenan critics reviews Caps. What do they think? <laughs>
2: this is just going to be an absolute slaughter.
1: I genuinely struggled to find five reviews for this.
2: Even worse. Oh, well, Yeah, it is even worse. Uh,
1: the business is at its best when it celebrates the fashion and the music of the 80s. Love's passion for the era is clear. The plot is not always of the same standard. A rooting, tooting... No holds barred brick crime thriller. The business succeeds by sheer thuggish intent. We'll have a hard time appealing even to the ladsy the audience it's unmistakably made for.
0: Incorrect. Yeah, terrible show.
1: Engaging, even though it lacks a single likeable character and is packed <laughs> with cliches. <laughs> Danny Dyer tones down his usual swaggering cockney act and gives a genuinely sympathetic performance. His relationship with Tamar Hassan's Charlie is surprisingly touching.
2: Yeah, until the end.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure this is him toning down the cockney act. I'm not sure that's true at all.
1: No, I, I was pretty like I, I I was fairly sure I knew what I was letting myself in for. Um, and then I saw the cast and it was like, yeah, I know exactly what yeah. that myself <laughs>
2: uh, Genuinely, men, I just don't understand why you don't like it.
1: I don't not like it. I pretty much got exactly what I was expecting. Just uh, There you go. I am f- I agree with the review that there just isn't a single likeable character involved.
2: That seems harsh. That does seem harsh.
1: Who am I supposed to root for here? Frankie. Why? The
2: kid. The kid. Hey, look. look
0: him and
2: charlie are great <coughs> he gets out right to spain for doing it doing his abusive stepfather you know what I mean what's like tries
0: to make it. don't
2: you just tries to make it Fucking fucking one of the biggest consoles. one of the biggest ones you'll ever <laughs> see on screen Je- Jeff Bell give him his shoe, right yeah he come plays, on he can't he, do anything else
0: he can't he, be he, the
2: nice guy he plays an horrible bastard better yeah. than most better than most you'll ever meet yeah absolutely He's sensational at playing an horrible bloke
1: I was I was already annoyed with another you're probably wondering how I got here introduction.
2: (laughs) Danny Danny Dyer does love one of them. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And it's supposed to he always starts a film with some like uh, some saying as well that doesn't really stack up. But like yeah kinda lays out like the morals of a film. Oh well, better to be someone for a day than no one for a lifetime. I wrote this. I'm not sure
1: this is true. (laughs) I'm not sure even by the end of the the film. He's not a someone. He's a low level drug yeah. dealer. <laughs> well, this is, it. He, this is it. He's never actually made
0: it. He's just got a few more quid than he does at the start of the film. He's not actually a someone at this point. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, if we're gonna go full cheese, um the stepdad is putting hands on him and his mum, and his response is, I'm gonna be someone one day, I'll show you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> fair play. All right. It's like Oliver Twist. No, oh, it did With very that awesome. kind of dialogue. Keenan, him responding to hands being thrown, saying, I'm going to be someone.
2: He calls him nothing about seven times. What? That's obviously what he's responding to. So now I think you're just picking it for the sake of picking it. And he
1: does lay a beating
0: on him. Let's not forget, That's he after. does a good does. Yeah. He, he puts in his own that? work. Yeah, He
1: puts in his own work. <laughs> his mum takes at least three more licks after that. Was- and he could have prevented it.
0: I also thought when you look at Danny Dyer at this point, I don't think he's laying into this fella. I think this fella can probably give back him back as good as he can get at this stage. Correct.
1: I guess the issue is that every Danny Dyer film is he's playing Danny Dyer. And so if you are trying to play a slightly toned down Danny Dyer and it's effectively uh, early football factory Danny Dyer when he's a bit more uh, wimpish, that's effectively what he's playing for three quarters of this film, and so, yeah, it's, it's not doing a lot for me. I enjoyed it, but I I don't think I'll ever rewatch it.
2: Wow, I think your this is this is poor from you.
1: <laughs> you say that, and Paul then Paul some Paul. of the films you've disrespected are far better than this.
2: I like what I like, and I <laughs> grant it. So so do you, but I I, 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 <laughs> I at least say, give it.
0: Got about the two men who know what they like and don't like what they know. Like, oh no, no say no, it's
1: not. No, no not. No. I like
0: what I know. I'm <laughs> always willing to give it a go. Yeah,
1: no, no, always willing to thing try thing here, The yeah. thing here, and the thing that's annoying me, is I know he likes dread.
2: I don't. I know he likes <laughs> I, it. I didn't. I tell you if and
1: I like And he's it. pretending that he didn't.
2: What point? What do I gain from
1: that? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what you gain from it. T.K. This is a man that says he doesn't like Star Wars, but he's seen six of them. Please, I can't trust a man. Right. So
2: please, please, please refer Go to your, please, please refer please to your timeline. Just putting
1: that forward to me. Just please, I, that...
2: please refer to your timeline. So three of them were made prior to me being born. One of them was released, and regardless of how good or bad the film is, one of them was a cultural phenomenon in
1: 1999.
2: I'll allow one. Do Do you know what age I was in, in 1999? I was four. Funnily enough, I wasn't ro- rocking around the house going, sorry, Mum, get that off, will you?
1: <laughs> I think you was out of Yeah.
2: Then I saw the second one, when that came out, t- 02, I watched that bollocks. Um, and then the third one I had to watch for this shit.
1: Four, five, six is what troubles me.
2: Again, four. At to see, because I was four. Mum and I were that... going out to watch it. They were already giving me my AR key. By four, getting, I'm, on about, I'm referring
1: up. to episode one at that point. As in the no, I'd see,
2: Wars. I'd watch them. Man, I'd watch them before I'd seen the Phantom Menace. My mum loved Star Wars. Once again, wasn't rocking around it, rocking around the place, going my tail off. Luke Skywalker, ain't for me.
1: I feel like if you watch, get the Harry business Potter, on now. If you watch yeah. Harry Potter. I mean, at the same time, he was he's still watching like Goodfellas when he was a, when he was about six months old. If again, after, a, if you don't watch like Harry Potter.
0: Is there not an argument he's got to see in the films to declare he doesn't like them?
2: Thank you look, very much. Look. That is exactly what it is because it's. I can't say I don't like it if I haven't seen it. It's why I've yeah, never said. I don't said, like oh. Harry
1: Potter one. I don't need to watch the following seven.
0: Again. Go, but make sure he make sure he didn't like it. Was, I was a child. And well, I,
1: then I expect I expect him to watch Dread seven more times.
2: <laughs> Cause, no, because that's one film,
0: isn't it? You fucking And then tell
1: old. me and then tell me you didn't like it. Because I it's know I, mean,
2: I, Shit.
0: I think if you watch that film seven times, you can't come to the conclusion that you
1: still like it. I, I watched seven it four time times at the back cinema. Back.
2: Yeah, wow, that's, that's fucking incredible. lunatic. Too. That's incredible. It's so bad.
1: Once <laughs> twice in a day.
2: <laughs> it's it's mad max levels are bad.
1: Now that's incredibly disrespectful again. <laughs>
2: that, that's where it ranks for me. He's in one and of I'll, these
1: moods today, and I don't oh, like so it. You've
2: you, <laughs> you you dragged started, him into it. You started. I've been quiet. I've been very respectful whilst we were discussing the Godfather. It's been a wonderful pleasure having TK back with us, so I've let him say his piece. Now you've come to me out of nowhere, and he's roiled me. I won't you dragged you. him into the so mine. You started
1: yeah. off saying I'm disrespecting the business. I've been more fair <laughs> to the business than you were to dread. <laughs>
2: I wasn't. I let you say your piece in, in dread. I barely got a word out about this film.
1: Oh, and you when actually I, when text I did, me the you night... Down my you you texted me the night before, which bothered me for that podcast. It knocked me off my game.
0: <laughs> it got in your head, didn't it? You were tilted. And then tilted I turned
1: it. up, and then I turned up, and Fredo Sean waited till he got back on the podcast. So, you know what? I actually didn't like it.
0: <laughs> my, my man... He, my did, man, he didn't have the courage of his convictions to
1: go through... I got was. under pressure.
2: My man, shoot. Always got my back. Wow. Unlock, unlike some in on this podcast. Wow. Not you, not you, TK, just to be
1: clear. <laughs> hey, TK, you listened to the end of last week's podcast and you he was dogging you on there.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was going to see if he denied that. I'm, I'm glad he didn't.
2: <laughs> no, I was, yeah. But only, you... in good,
1: only in good fun.
0: You broke my heart, Keenan. You broke my heart.
2: Uh, I can't remember what we were talking about now.
1: Um, the business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, Danny Dyer not wanting to throw hands at the start.
2: No, no, no. I can't remember what we were talking about last week. When he was dogging me. Uh, yeah, I yeah.
1: said, I said, and I believe TK will be back on next week. And he said, oh, fancy turning back up this time, <laughs> doesn't he?
3: That's
2: true. That's not dogging him. That's a, statement. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah, a factual yeah. statement. He's seen a big film. He's come back. Yeah, but I, I, expect-
1: had to cut, I had to cut a few bits out. No, you didn't. <laughs>
2: I actually know why it's not true.
1: I I've got one bit of trivia for this film and that's it. Excellent. Um The DVD features an alternate ending where Frankie meets Carly at the border, she tells the border guard where to find the drugs in Frankie's car, and he's locked up, and that's when you then get, Yeah, this is how everyone ended up. Um ditch. What an awful character she is, by the way.
2: Uh, I, I genuinely, when he fucks her off, it's meant.
0: Yeah, he's great, isn't it? Considering he's hitting a woman and we maybe shouldn't be encouraging it, it was great. <laughs> I'm not encouraging her, I think she's justified
1: minus, at that point, to be honest.
0: I,
2: you know, minus what? Minus throwing hands at her when he just launches the baggage class. See you in a bit.
0: <laughs> you know what? How fit would a woman have to be for you to go near her if she was Jeff Bell's wife? I don't think there is a woman fit enough.
1: Well, this is kind of the thing that <laughs> Sammy is a psychopath. He he does, and then you don't really get the discussions of it.
2: Shooting him with a sh- him with the bulletproof vest is sensational <laughs> as he walks <laughs> past him. And just Brilliant, it. isn't it? It's unbelievable.
1: Keenan, I will say, having watched this film, there was one question that uh, sprung to mind immediately for me to write down and ask you uh, while we were on. Mm. Um. You get the same offer that uh, Danny Die gets. You get a £1,000 offer from Shirley. <laughs> What's your answer?
0: What, for a grand? <laughs> £1,000. Yeah. No hesitation. For a, this is a grand in
2: 1982, by the way. So, yeah. it's, it's essentially 10k now. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. How much money do you think I've got? Yeah.
1: Well, I'll rephrase the question now. What's the lowest amount of money you're taking? <laughs> I <laughs> if don't you know. say more than a tenner. <laughs> I want to see your eyes.
2: I, I I don't know, honestly.
1: No, but the whole point here is you, you need to know.
2: <laughs> I don't I don't this know. I is... uh, I don't know. Is there is a, it... a lower a lower amount of money that you would take? It seems to be vibrating or not. I mean, sorry, the phone was going well think... done
1: i think you can probably take a fairly low amount and then when you tell the story you say she paid me to you know <laughs> and you
0: don't have to go into the fact she gave you whatever changes in that pocket you take you a quid in good, you she take a me. quid
1: in goodwill and you say <laughs> well i was on holiday wasn't I?" what do you want me to do
2: i was gonna say something then but it's just not for the pod it's not it's not for the pod
0: I th- I think the grim reality is money doesn't have to change hands for one of us to go through shit. I don't think <laughs> it does. <has to> <laughs> well,
1: you know I think the strategic reality I, uh, is uh, no exchange has to be made. I was going a similar way and then uh, Kirk's reaction uh, <coughs> it made me uh, re- uh restructure mind. Uh, <laughs>
2: Oh um, man, I know. I just I can't. I can't, I can't. Oh, we'll end up getting this pod cancelled.
1: <laughs> is, is there not a, a part of like, he's such a psychopath, obviously? Also,
2: I am going to say the way she phrases that is fucking horrific. Yeah. <laughs> she just says, I'd give a grand to fuck you, boy. That is <laughs> so scary.
1: oh yeah TK wheel that one out on race week. <laughs> Oh, they... With how much of a psychopath he is, we're, we're led to believe that he's well aware of her antics where she's flaunting it about. Yeah. Is a guy that's as mental as that going to take that? No. No, that's never right like, is it? That's a, it's a slight flaw, unless it's that, that he thinks she's that fit, that like <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth but the it. risk. <laughs> but even at the point where he's well aware...
2: I mean, all I was gonna say is for her, she's risking it all on like an almost daily basis,
0: with such confidence as well. Does she, mm. she, so she seem to have any? Well, she,
2: like, he's that much of a psychopath? Never dawns on her that she might just be his next next victim.
0: Yeah, even even the bit at the at the golf course when she tells him, oh, "Fuck off! Don't like, try out yeah. being for your mates." Something like that. that would probably this sort of character that would lead to her you know, getting a beating when she got home. Hmm. There's no way he'd let her get away with
1: that. She she's a weird character. Um I like, I mean it's, it's it's a weird film. I was joking you know, as I said. I don't know I how well she it. acts. It's not. And I say lot. that in
0: a film where it's not we haven't exactly got Pacino and Brando here. I'm not sure how good an actor she is in this. Even
1: like her character usually, if you're playing it like that, is that she has this grand scheme in mind where it's going to be to double cross him, which she kind of half does but doesn't completely do with this. Or it's to the point where she constantly teases him and teases him and reels him in, and then that's when a bloke gets involved. And did you know that Joe
2: that purpose married Harvey Weinstein?
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that's <laughs> some
0: excellent
2: trivia.
1: Well, yeah, well, that wasn't on IMDb. So
2: fucking hell. For like, for a hot like, not for like a a midnight marriage. Married in two thousand and seven, left him in twenty seventeen, divorced in twenty twenty one. Apparently,
1: did she come That's out it, and say I anything after? Like, did she give a reason? Like, that this wasn't what That's I wanted. That's crazy.
2: Or? She bombed him as the um, what's call it? As like the allegations yeah,
3: came out. Yeah.
2: Um. Hopefully, made a few quid out of it. They reached a settlement in Jan 2018 and the divorce was finalised in July 21. In March 2020, it was reported that she was dating Adrian Broder.
1: Well, I mean, that's oh. a glower.
2: That really is. How on earth is Harvey Weinstein? I mean, I know the answer, but how on earth? In reality...
0: Well, look, she, she was uh, coming off a tough breakup with Jeff Bowers, you got to understand. She, was, <laughs> she
2: that, wasn't moving with nice guys yet. Like, how is that troll of a human being? Like, <laughs> just like... Did, well, did any of okay. you
1: ever watch um, Tarantino on Rogan?
2: Yeah. No, I've like, never seen it, mate.
1: Fairly early on, Rogan asks him about Weinstein, and it's, it's the most uncomfortable where he kind of is like, you know, I've answered this question similarly before, and then he keeps kind of doing the you know, I never saw any of, of that, but look, I'm not saying it didn't happen, it's just trying to weasel it out, but he must be one of those nervous people that just like keeps talking. The it, conversation just him. goes on like far more, far longer than it should.
2: Listen to him in like any. Um, if you listen to him in like any interview, like as soon as he gets asked a question, he's not prepared for. He does just yeah. talk, just
0: talks. Yeah, yeah. I think if this film gets made now, by the way, she wins this. That doesn't happen. She ends up making off with all the money for sure.
1: There's no way. Looks like they considered that losing. It's. I feel like if you have a Danny Dyer film, which essentially this is, like it kind of has to end one way. Like The whole of his films ends like... You think he nearly didn't make it, and then ultimately his happy-go-lucky guy gets away with it all in the end. And It would have been a bit weird for it to end differently. It would have made more sense for them to kind of roll off into the sunset together, if anything. Um, yeah, you know, but think- the
0: thing with his film... He could have got arrested in this, and spent the rest of his life in prison, and all he'd have to do is go. Like, was it all worth it? Of course, it fucking was. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you convinced me, and it. Yeah, you know what? This was all worth it.
2: But Tottenham away, what? love it.
0: <laughs> like, in <laughs> the end of football, he's literally just gone life and death to be filled in for no real reason. He goes, "Of course, it was fucking worth
1: it." everybody gets shot. <laughs> like, this probably wasn't worth it at all. Football Factory is before this, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. The, the year before. The year before,
1: yeah. Because what a couple they, of years for him. They very much kind of recreate the what I like, your lifeless marriage, pop idols, that kind of thing. And they do just restructure that, don't they, to justify him going overseas.
0: Well yeah, there's one that they It's even like the same was, rhythm. Yeah, they thought it was gonna bang where he goes, Well, I was gonna wipe my life away playing Donkey Kong in the local cabal box. Yeah. If they thought that was gonna take off the way the football factory one
1: did.
2: This film oh. didn't take off the way Football Factory
0: did. A bit weird, like, isn't it? Because this is often used as an example of maybe his best film as well, which is... Yeah, yeah, by well, 100%. This is At the time, it, like you said, it didn't seem to hit the same way, did it?
1: I don't think there's, no. there's, there's a ceiling to his films. Like, it can only ever oh, I, hit a certain point.
0: I don't think any of us are denying that. Are no, but, but
1: they, I mean, like, in terms of even are. just hmm. in how successful yeah. it can be, like... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It can't really sure. get much better than what it isn't cracking
0: america put it that way
1: i think the the faith they had in this film you see in the money they very clearly spent on the soundtrack because the soundtrack i think is actually the best part about the film Mm. um and i didn't think the and it's two very different soundtracks i didn't think whichever film went up against the godfather was going to have a shout some of the songs you do have in this i mean the next the next day i had the business soundtrack on Spotify having a little <laughs> shuffle through there. Some hits going through this. Massively. And I think I've the, never, the, the never one review was the where it says he kind of captures the time and that's probably the main success he has in, in the whole piece. Yeah. Um what's your favorite scene, Keenan?
2: Um, it's it's Danny Dyer getting shot. It's (laughs) fucking so funny. That old in the desert, just trying out some fucking dodgy bulletproof vests, which I don't know where they got them from or who created them. But if you were like, it, they just look so eighties. Like the weird thing is, Luca Brasi's bulletproof vest in 1944 New York (laughs) looks like it's doing a better job than the one in the eighties in the business.
0: Just how excited they are that they just found a new toy. It's like yeah, they found like a nerf gun. No, you're actually shooting each other, lads.
2: Yeah, it's like like, like kids at Christmas.
0: <laughs> and they are like, it's like "Oh, well, how have we not discovered this before?" But like, it through that this shit—they've been around a little while.
2: Yeah, it's, it, I do very I do very much like it. Um.
1: If if um, you invite me out this July, Keenan, I turn up in Danny Dyer's outfit from the night out at the start of this film. How do you react?
2: Sorry, say that again.
1: You invite me out this July. Yeah, I meet you in town. I've got the replica of the outfit Danny Dyer has out on in his first night out here. The short shorts. Yeah. Holy shit. How are you reacting?
2: Uh, I I don't want to be too cruel, mate, but I don't <laughs> think it's a look. It's, it's probably not a look for you.
1: If it is the shirt, the short shorts
2: It's, it's very much the short shorts,
1: yeah.
0: You're getting sent home. Yeah,
2: I've got I've got I've got no I've got no problem with you wearing a polo shirt, but funnily enough, shorts where there's a seventy percent chance your cocks falling out, not for me.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll take the compliment there.
2: I'm I'm referring to our short I mean, shorts. No,
1: right? these are very short shorts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Shall we do the judging? Is there anything else anyone wants to add?
2: Here? No, I do just—I do genuinely just like this film. I love shit British crime films. I—I I, I really do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I—I I think this is great for what it is. I think you're led to conclude basically any Brit living abroad is a criminal, unless yeah. they're a pensioner. They're definitely a criminal. Maybe both, yeah. but it definitely will be. And look, this isn't exactly good, fellas, but I do—I do love the drug frenzy they do progressively go on, where you do watch particularly Tamar, just really just getting out of hand. He's, he's all over the gap. By the time he's trying to convince them to show Frankie, I mean he's really just off the edge.
2: Yeah, I oh, mean, I like we've got a British. Obviously, one of the segments in this bracket is British crime. And that's basically there because I asked for it, because there's just so many of them I fucking love. Oh mate, I'll tell you what I am gonna put in as my wild card it's boring because I I'm gonna do it because I think it will drive you insane. <laughs>
1: I think I know where we're going
2: <laughs> what do you think I'm going to say
1: is it a sequel
2: is it a sequel yeah. no oh, well it might be it's one of there are sequels to the film what do you think I was going to say
1: Rise of the Foot Soldier 2
2: no not 2 because 2 is the worst one <laughs> <laughs> it. I was going to say we'll do Rise of the Foot Soldier
1: 3 Look, I, like, <laughs> I like the original if we were ever going to branch out and get more people on this my first question would be have you seen any of the Rise of the Foot Soldier sequels? And the second question would be, did you enjoy them? And the answer to the second question would ultimately determine whether we were going to take them on or not. Because See,
0: I the prob-
2: problem with don't that know is,
1: how they're still being made.
2: The problem with that question is, yes, I've seen them, and yes, I enjoyed, I enjoyed them. What? How? Mate, have you have you ever I've, seen have you ever seen the Pat Tate story?
1: No, I'm gonna. I don't live. It's
2: so funny.
1: I don't live the most exciting life. If I can't justify an hour and twenty minutes, for rise of the foot soldier seven, then no one should be able to.
2: Rise of the foot soldier three, the Pat Tate story. Get it watched. Oh, mate, it's, it's so bad. It's good. It's <laughs> class. It's sensational. It's like, number four has just come to Netflix. I'll watch it this weekend. Though. I'll like, let you know.
1: Whoever was the force behind Green Street Three,
2: fucking <laughs> one of that yours, is that is one of the worst films I've ever. Clearly
1: seen. thought this one hasn't hit, but there is a market for this.
2: Green Street Two underrated.
1: <laughs> 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 like, the, the worst thing is that the, the people that criticise this will then say they didn't like Never Back Down because it's too unbelievable, and oh, <laughs> you're watching the part Tate story oh, mate
2: <laughs> mate don't say that you watching the part Tate story it's
3: uh
2: it's 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 actually sublime mate once you just take it for what it is and don't expect a good film no, which, honestly no. you'll enjoy it
1: we we don't don't because i love taking films for what they are but at some point you take the film for what it is and it's shit and it's like <laughs> I don't need. I don't need to see this to know that.
2: No, you need to watch it.
1: Especially if it's not even going to be good. Like it's not going to be like Batman and Robin.
2: It's it's meant, mate. Honestly, it's genuinely class. Um, I've watched every. I've watched every film you've ever recommended to me. Incorrect. (laughs) I don't think I've ever watched one of them. To be honest.
1: (laughs) Still complain. About claiming I recommended a film to you when we went to the cinema together, as if I, as if I'd seen it beforehand. Was this 40,
2: yeah. May, one of one of the worst films I've ever seen?
1: Walk Among the Tombstones.
2: Yeah,
1: sure. Well, yeah, that's. I imagine films are worse when you have two pictures beforehand <laughs> <laughs> on a Tuesday.
2: Typically not, mate. To be honest. Typically, a lot, a lot, a lot to improve on. You've got your two pictures deep. Surely even, does. I can't
1: even repeat on here what you said to the uh, cashier at the cinema.
2: What a bloke I used to be, to be fair.
1: I'm sure TK can imagine the look on my face as I've uh, <laughs> walked in, and stumbled upon you. But anyway, let's get on to the judging. I mean, oh, it should be a formality, but you, I'll never know after <laughs> the passion you've spoken with this evening.
0: But, by the way, imagine. The pit with the the Moroccan kids, super dark. Didn't remember it being that
2: dark. <laughs> oh, you're living, your, kids on the beach. you yeah. living, you
0: learn. Unless you're a dead kid. So, okay. Is <laughs> it? Well, we couldn't get enough. We went to the orphanages. <laughs> like bloody hell, daddy. Do you want to just rein it in a bit?
1: Luca Brasi's the lifeguard. Uh, <laughs> one of
3: them's
2: one of them's a very good life lesson and i mean the other one what the other one is straight out of the michael Corleone on you're trying to me michael's not red doing the same making the same moves
0: he is he's just going to claim he's ashamed of it afterwards isn't he
2: yeah no oh. catholic get no catholic guilt for frankie and sammy
0: absolutely not i think you want to season this when they shoot a sheep, they celebrate it. They even drag it back in. It's like the hero is the sheep back in. <laughs> because <Yeah, Russell. laughs> oh, the guy said there was no lava. <laughs> this oh, is it, at the peak of drugs. It, so it's it's,
2: it's so, mint, mate. Honestly, I'd actually i I'd actually forgot about that scene for a second. <laughs> <laughs> just drag it back in, just carve it up and serve it for a Sunday yeah. roast.
1: I, I was genuinely worried in this film when I saw him uh, plant the sunglasses in his jacket that that was going to be like a major storyline. <laughs> and I thought please don't do this it's like when in a film where they'll like text someone's girlfriend off someone else's phone and be like shit have you sent that message oh <laughs> he's done t- you dirty there and I thought please this this can't be like the twist of where things all go yeah. yeah. Keenan I'm a bit scared to ask this, um, which film did you prefer?
2: The Godfather TK? yeah The Godfather
1: Keenan, you know the question I'm going to ask you. Which film do you think was more rewatchable? The Godfather. TK?
0: Yeah, it is still The Godfather, as much which is testament to how great it is that I can rewatch and rewatch. A film that's long and does take some investment still far more rewatchable.
1: Um, you've effectively... both... Defended a girl. and said, "I love how lovely she is," but said, "Like you want no parts of it. Like she'd be a lovely girl for someone else." You know, I mean, you weren't the, willing to go. The business. With her, go is, for the business. The business
0: is look, you take yeah, but, her home after a night out, but you're not married When he got to the business <laughs> you're, not, then. you're not marrying this girl.
1: The business. Biz- <laughs> it
0: was biz- what it was. The business. We haven't done anything of the
2: sort. The business is what the business is. I thoroughly enjoy it, but we are we are comparing it to.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> we are comparing it to possibly the best film ever made.
0: I think it's fair to say no one's made this comp before. I think we're treading new ground. We,
2: we are trendsetters, mate. We are I, unique. Imag-
0: I imagine when selling the business to someone, you'd probably say, oh, look, it's not The Godfather. <laughs> it <laughs> ain't The Godfather, is a watch.
2: <laughs> but it's Danny Dyer and, <laughs> yeah. and run- This time, they're running around Spain doing a load of coke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the beauty is, how many people do we know that if you explain these two films to someone, they would go towards the business. You know what? Yeah, I'm going on that. <laughs> Forget yeah, about that. this other I oh. him
1: before. His, his name rhymes with waft, and he's, I thought he was the only person still watching uh, Rise of the Foot Soldier, but as <laughs> hey, I know, Keenan's your, keeping him afloat as well.
2: Your boy, Stewie, loves, loves the pat story. story.
1: Well, they, they were showing it in the cinemas. I can't believe you didn't get down there.
2: I was with him t- Tuesday night, and we were talking about Mar- Mar- Bear and he was excited to watch, watch part four.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sensational bit of kit, mate.
1: Um, Keenan, best moment slash scene.
2: It's the restaurant scene.
1: For me, it's the uh, all the sorry.
2: baptism or, or the the baptism. The, the it's not quite a montage, but the, the triple murder, the the choreographed murders. That's mm. actually the answer. Sorry, that that's the answer.
1: Mine was gonna be Carlo getting battered. If not, it's the opening scene. So either. No, or.
2: it's it's the murders at the end. I don't think we've. I don't know. It's very odd. Thankfully, obviously, the Godfather's going to go through. Not spoil the ending for anyone. but Because we need to... I think we, we could do a full breakdown on this
0: once again, but, to be honest.
1: TK, best moment slash scene?
0: Yeah, th- th- there are numerous you could pick. I have a person's sort of affinity towards the wedding, which feels like... That's of not... <laughs> a bit more than a scene. Not, I was going to say, not half an scene. It's half the fucking film. Yeah. Well, it's not. But yeah. it, if it was any other film, it'd be after film, man exactly so I can't really pick it so i think (coughs) yeah the ending which does perfectly sort of uh put the icing on the cake i think uh, that montage i think probably has to be
1: i'll take the 90 minute cut of the wedding over the business
0: (laughs) i don't know why you say things so at me
1: (laughs) hurt people hurt people (laughs) (laughs)
0: in many ways Uh, could be the name of the podcast (laughs) very true what are Um, are you tuning in for that's what i'm tuning in for best quote um Take, take your pick
1: mate
2: genuinely
1: i think it's luca brazzi swims with the fishes but I've had in my head since watching the film again. It's a, a man in my position can't, can't afford to piss, look foolish. <laughs> the great, the
2: greatest, the greatest piece of ass I ever had. And Johnny Fontaine <laughs> comes along. <laughs> Johnny Fontaine does not get
0: this movie. It's how quickly he just flips. He hates him to start with. Then he comes around and says, "Oh, I didn't know you worked with." Yeah. Corey, and fine. And then instantly he's like, "No, no, actually, I hate you again." I
1: yeah. actually wrote in my notes that. Life would be so tiring if everyone was dramatic as they are in mob <laughs> films with their conversations. <laughs> like, if you're having just a normal sit-down conversation, someone starts standing up and pacing the room. It's like, come on, it's nine o'clock at night. We don't need this.
2: <laughs> oh, mate. <my. My>, that... <laughs> <laughs> Mo Green he was banging he was banging Coxcope. <laughs> <to her time. laughs> Players at a table couldn't get a drink. It's a fucking sensational quote.
1: How many the shots when um Sonny is battering Carlo, by the way. Like big, big itch, it's, Like bad wrestling. Like, big swings and misses is well in there yeah, as well as <laughs> well. That's what I mean.
0: Um Oh Paulie, won't see him no more? Yeah. <laughs> just Very
2: leave the guns hate of Cannoli. Like the the Vito's it's not quite a monologue, but his opening salvo was unbelievable as well.
1: Has Mo Green done enough to get best side character?
2: Ooh, um I don't think I t- see. I think Tom's in too much of the film, right? I think he's way too much I but mean, he is I'd still he is, him a yeah. side character think, to be honest but <sighs> I, I think he's my favourite side character like uh, it's a travesty that they bombed him out of the third one yeah don't
0: know
2: what yeah. happened with it, between sort of direct like what happened
0: with Duval wanted, wanted paying and they wouldn't pay him deserved it yeah he knew I think Pacino was getting like I can't remember how many million and he, he wanted won't. he wanted that matched or, or close I know, they, uh, they didn't and he was like right I ain't fucking going there
1: good for him for this film, uh, basically, everyone other than Brando that plays a significant part got thirty-five thousand. Yeah. Um, by the second film, Pacino gets six hundred and fifty k flat with a ten percent um, cut of the approved uh, profits by the end. So nice. They gave Pacino ten points on the back of
2: Godfather two. <laughs> it,
3: <laughs> it, never it, to, on, it Never needs Godfather to work 2. again.
2: Yeah, four, four, four so Never would have never have needed to work in his life.
1: Yeah, I bet they when they do the um, put the numbers up, they they're adjusting it for. Uh, they say no, we spend this much on advertising, so the adjusted <laughs> yeah. profits are actually far less. Um More powerful. Don feels fairly easy on this on this one. <laughs> yeah, we'll
2: just just skip that one. Maybe we'll just give it to give it to Vito. or Michael, I suppose.
1: Better dressed.
2: Some of the outfits in the business are sensational ones. <laughs> Which film
1: has the better soundtrack? It, I like. It is the Godfather. That,
2: like, well, the Godfather tune? Like, I don't it's even have to. I, I don't have to give you what it. I don't have to even try to do an impression. If I say the Godfather tune, you know exactly what I'm referring to.
1: We've spoken before, haven't we, about um the difference between a soundtrack and um good songs, basically, to dumb it down. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mute, like you put on shuffle isn't necessarily the better soundtrack.
2: No, music needs to needs to fit the moment and add something. I think mean, it does fit as much some, as fit the as business,
1: as just, as, it's, just it's like it could be As a much whole as I like playlist like
2: Yeah, as much as I like Blondie and I think Heart of Grass is a great <laughs> song, it's just it's just in a club scene. Does yeah. it? particularly add anything. No, it could be any song whereas the music used in The Godfather means yeah. something.
1: Um
0: and consider and it's we, the same school the way they like just change yeah obviously exactly different instrumentals when he's in Sicily for example is just slightly different. It's always yeah. perfectly done, isn't it?
1: Yeah anyone exactly picking the business for originality? No. Our impact no. is fairly simple. Yeah. yeah. Anyone picking the business the opening scene? Nope. No. Anyone picking the business for best ending? Nope. No. And is anyone picking the business for chemistry?
0: No. I'm just think thinking about it. That Diyar combo, lad! <laughs> I do
2: love those two. They are a great duo. All right.
1: So it, it ends fourteen. It ends fourteen um, nil. I mean, yeah. It would, we didn't really need to do a pod to get to that point. <laughs> I think that might be the first one. <laughs> it's, it's decided for, for
0: definite the Godfather is better than the business. I'm glad we've got that debate settled. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we can decide we, other things now. We've put that
2: out into the world. We're good people.
1: The Jake LaMotta, Tommy Bell poster when Vito's getting killed was cool. I wrote that down, by the way. Seeing that in the background, just clocked it in my notes. Um, so yeah, that wraps this episode up. Um, thank you for bearing with us. with no episode last week. Next week, we are right back in it with Pain and Gain versus Nightcrawler. I've never seen Nightcrawler. I mean, I feel it's probably a bad time to say it after what we've just done, but I hope you don't disrespect it because I do really like the film. (laughs) That's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting, although if we probably leveled out the ones that you've upset me on in comparison, I think it would be fairly lopsided.
0: Oh, no. Listen, Lee, so, If he had a wartime Sicilian, a Sicilian, I wouldn't be in this shape.
1: God's sake. Have you seen both of those, TK? I've seen neither. All right.
2: Uh, <laughs> Pay, give Payne again to watch Payne
1: again is great fun.
2: Yeah, great okay. fun. Sorry, that's that's exactly what it is. It's not a great film. It's
0: great fun. Great
1: fun. Okay. Science. It's. I um, mean, if I was to tell you, The Rock. Mark Wahlberg, directed Honestly, Mark by it. Michael Bay, isn't it? On steroids, you pretty much know what you're getting there. Blimey. See a good reason worth watching. Are we doing two guns in this bracket? I believe so. I think it's right at the end. I think it's actually against training day.
0: No. Oh no. I I do love I know a guy, Bobby. Tough draw, lads, tough draw.
1: Yeah, it is Michael Bay directing this, so yeah, TK, that is probably Michael Blimey. Bay on steroids, as <laughs> I mean, the whole I feel like I've done gear by steroids as well. Jesus, um, and then Nightcrawler, you kind of have to buy into the weirdness of it. Um, but friend of the project, Gyllenhaal, so there we go. Um, thank you again. We will be back. Adios.